Uh, hello okay. and <laughs> hello and I, welcome to go. Hello, hello and welcome to Ghost Divers. This is hello an anime podcast. To go- hello and welcome to Ghost Divers. This is an anime podcast. I am your host Neve, and I'm joined by my other co-host Connor. Hey. Um and. At some point, we're going to be joined by Autumn, I think. It, it seems like that's the plan at this point, um, which was not the plan until, like, yesterday or today or something. Um, basically, they remember that they get off work earlier on Mondays now, so um, they are on their way and will join soon. They missed our 20 minutes of just faffing about at, <laughs> before we started this actual episode. We were commemorating um, our nation's most important holiday. Yeah. Don't um, worry. Don't worry, dear listener. You'll you'll get there eventually. Um before we get into what we're actually gonna talk about on this podcast, I have some just like here here's some uh housekeeping, I guess. Um the first big one, you may have already noticed this as you're listening to this. Um I've decided that we're no longer going to release the question bucket and then the intro episode for the next series on the same day. It's just going to be two weeks later. It's just going to be the next episode. Um, it Hopefully this is fine for people. Um, I was kind of laughing last time when we released a, a long Ava episode uh, for the question bucket and then also like an hour and 40 minutes or something for, um, for the... Uh, beginning of rare Earth, Earth. and so it ended up being like almost six hours of podcast um in in one week um also rare Earth is just i feel like there are not quite as many people listening to the podcast for rare Earth, which is a shame because it's my favorite fucking anime i think part of it is just that people don't care about it in the way that they care about something like evangelion i also think part of it is that we watch 10 episodes every other week um, and that's just a lot of anime to go through. Um, that's probably the fastest that we'll ever go through an anime on the show. Um, I really don't know how we talk about like more than 10 episodes for an episode of a podcast. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, we're doing Uten- uh, next and there's going to be a-, a few sections where we also do 10 episodes. Um so it'll happen sometimes on this podcast. Ray Earth wasn't like the only time that we're ever going to do that. Um, but that's kind of just the the plan here. It just gives like me some more space to breathe because this podcast is a lot of prep um, compared to most pro- podcasts. Um, we have to watch like, you know, I. A long movie, what I would call a long movie, amount of TV show every other week. Um, I have to take a lot of notes. I take way more notes for this than they like. I don't do notes for Ornate Starables because it's not what that podcast is. We watch it and then immediately talk about it. I have to like remember stuff because I'm watching this over the course of usually a week. Um, so yeah, a lot of it is it just gives me more space to do things that aren't just watching anime for this show during my like lunch breaks. Um, it also gives me a little bit more flexibility with recording stuff. Um, so instead of us always having to shuffle stuff around, um, it gives us a, a little bit more room for a lot of episodes where, you know, every once in a while it might be like, Oh, Connor's going to, you know, go drive to Georgia or something. Um, we just don't do an episode. Um, 
that's just our vacation and and i i will like adjust our uh scheduling accordingly um so yeah that's that's part of it is just to like make stuff more flexible um and also just make it easier for me to edit and not have to put out uh not have to basically edit like for those six hours last time i had to edit like a good five of them um because usually i was also wrapping up some stuff for the intro episode because we do like work cited and stuff right before it's released um so that's all that i don't know if you have any comments on this connor but if people like are really upset with this let me know and we can reconsider going back to the other way but it's really (laughs) just there to like sometimes let us skip a week (laughs) it's just yeah it's also a lot of content to drop at one time Um, yeah I almost never think about like the, I mean, we, we drop like a lot of content in case, you know, in case you remember, like our episodes are pretty long. Yeah. Uh, and so it's just like, oh yeah, here's this for our episode. And I, I never think about like, oh, how accessible is this? It like, it's not, um, <laughs> because I'm I, like, my philosophy on it is kind of like, Hey, you know what? Like, it's there like you can like access it consume it however you want um if you don't if you don't want to like that's cool too um so i don't really worry about it uh but once you get into the like realm of dropping six hours of content on one day it's kind of just like (laughs) what are we doing that's that's so much yeah uh like how can you ask (laughs) like oh yeah here's six hours of content like you know. Even if you listen at 2x speed, which is very fast on most podcasts, like listening apps, it's usually the fastest you can go. That's still three hours. Yeah. <laughs> of just and us. Like, yeah. And then it's like, you know, you have two weeks. Um, it is kind of like, now that I'm thinking about it, it's kind of fun as like a, an extreme like game. But um, we do have some empathy for the listeners is what I'm trying to say. I, I think yeah. about you sometimes. Yeah. Um, um, so I think this is a reasonable uh, approach going forward. Yeah. But, you know, if if you're outraged, just straight in and let us know. Yeah. Uh, my other update is this is the official announcement for So this is a thing that we've actually been planning for a while. Um, I actually briefly considered it when we first launched the podcast, but I just wanted to, like, work on getting the podcast off the ground and not doing anything like this. Um, but... I think for the foreseeable future going forward, our plan is to do what I'm calling like a Yule or New Year's Eve special. Um, really, this is around the fact that I take like if I can, I take all 12 days of Yule off of work. Um, for me, it is like a holiday specifically about like not doing work except the work that you like actually want to do that you like actually care to do. Um, it, it's like about like celebrating it and just taking time for yourself um and doing what you want for a while um, right not not knowing not knowing anything to anyone <laughs> you know um well but like having so that... having no debts at all <laughs> and just like you know just sometimes just living you want to owe land. things to people anyway no, you, no, no, never, <laughs> no. at any cost you're joking because of what we're gonna do for our first new year's eve so i know this is my like my philosophy 
Actually, it's I, I wrote New Year's Eve special here, but it's it's a New Year's Day special. So the plan is that um, since I have a little bit more time here because I take you off um, probably early in uh, like during Yule, like, you know, maybe slightly before Christmas or even earlier, we'll figure it out as we get closer, you and me, Connor. Um, but we're going to record uh, an episode and then I'll have, you know, at least a week to edit it and get it up for um uh January 1st and so it'll just be January 1st every um year which means that if a January 1st falls on a Friday I guess it'll be a bunch of content that we're releasing um after talking about how we're trying not to do that quite as much but um and so for the first one we're going to do Independent People by Holodor Loxness which is a a book that has come up repeatedly on this podcast um and is one that I know, like I introduced you to and, and you read. So, yeah. um, it'll, yeah. it'll be, but yeah, I want to, I want to put it here. Well, so people we'll now probably know. talk about that, the, how you were introduced. We'll do our standard, like, how did you come to, you know, be introduced to this book? And I'll just be like, yeah, you gave it to me one time and said, you should read this. Yeah. Um, but yeah, anyway. Uh, sorry, carry on. Um, but yeah, so that will be, I, I kind of want to just let people know in case they want to actually read the book and, you know, write in questions. It's going to be different than a lot of our other podcasts, uh, episodes because it's all going to be one episode. So, um, it'll include a little bit of like, here's the history, then the discussion, and then we can also answer some emails. Um, at the end. So if people want to read it and, and write in emails, you can write into ghostdiverspod at gmail.com. Um, and yeah, I, w- I would say like mid-December is the cutoff point. You know, as it gets closer, I'll probably do here's when we're actually recording. Here's the deadline for emails, like call on for that stuff on Twitter. But I want to let people know now so that if they want to, they can find the book, they can start reading it. Because um, it's not the shortest of books. Um so that's my other big update here. Um, otherwise, yeah, it, it's funny that you do this update because um, quick tangent here. Uh, I was I was getting my hair cut yesterday and um, somehow like my stylist has discovered that like we do this podcast. Um, she just like asked a lot of questions and then just like unearthed this Um and then we got on the subject of, like, our, you know, our Yule special. And I ended up, like, trying to explain independent people in this very crowded, like, salon uh, while my stylist is, like, cutting my hair. And at a certain point, I just, like, noticed. I got, like, you know, I got kind of in the zone because I was really... At first, I was like, oh, my God, am I really going to try and explain this? And then I committed to it. Then I yeah. got really in the zone because I'm like, oh, I love this book. Um, and at some point, I just became conscious of, like, everybody else in the salon was just, like, silent. They had all, like, started listening to <laughs> explain this book. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like, oh, um, yeah. So, and, some, and then some more stuff happens, but it's it's pretty cool. Um so I wrapped it up real quick. Um, but I was um, like, I hope everyone in this salon just like goes and is like, what the fuck is this book? I'm going to go read this book now. 
Um, so anyway, um, yeah, good. This is you know, I'm glad that we're we're uh, officially promoting it today. The the funny thing is, I my hairstylist, um, they have like they basically rent out a space where it's like a little individual room that you go to, and it's just them. They're they're not like part of a a salon properly they just rent their own space um so and we always talk about movies and also like they're a big fan of david lynch stuff so often we talk about twin peaks and like other david lynch movies um and so the last time that i got my haircut i was talking to them about ornate stairwells and apparently they started listening because they uh (laughs) sent in an email not to stairwells but to me directly (laughs) Um, oh my here's god! Like, like here's recommendations for movies that I think would be great on stairwells. Um, they went into like the booking system at the and well, they were like since page it's just, or whatever. Since it's just them, like the booking system is you just email them. Like I just email them to get a haircut. Oh okay. Well yeah, um, there you go. Yeah, but it's still just very funny to get it. Uh, email from my hairstylist. I mean, they've been my hairstylist since like before I came out as trans. So um, I actually came out to them and they were like, oh, I've also been debating whether I should be out to like my uh, customers, but like I'm also trans. And I was just like, oh, cool. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. So that's like, that's Um, a pretty, that's a pretty like strong bond though. It sounds like. Yeah. It's um, not like so they they are in Madison, Wisconsin, and I drive to get my haircut. Um, so, yeah. yeah, it's not like just a room full of strangers. Yeah, that are like eavesdropping on you. <laughs> That's um, a bond I... of some kind, but not yeah, not, not the same, not a good one. <laughs> um. Anyway, this is going to be a. A far less structured question bucket than some of ours, because we're just having fun here. Um, But we are going to be talking about Magic Knight Ray Earth and answering questions from the question bucket. Um, And we also have some other bits. You have a bit planned. I know. Do we want to... Do you want to start with your first beer right now? Oh, okay. I've already been... I've cheated a little bit. I've already been kind of drinking it. Oh, I'm going to... I'm going to... So I have two beers. They're very different in quality than yours, but I'm going to talk about them as well. So I'm going to let you start, but then I'm going to open mine. I haven't opened it yet. Okay. Um, I'm not going to list all all the ones that I have here because I want to maintain the element of surprise a little bit. Um, But yeah, so I think if you listen to Ghost Divers, I think it's no secret of uh, my affinity for shitty light beers. Yeah. yeah, it's a it's true a true deeply felt affinity. It's not even like a little bit ironic. Um, I like in social settings and pretty much every time I'm drinking beer, I I really do just drink shitty light beer because um, I enjoy it. So um, today, uh, in lieu of like bringing any media to talk about, um, just because you know, like a, a little more context here, like. I just had a couple weeks where I'm like, ah, oh, I really don't want to think about anything. Yeah. Um, so the best way of like not thinking about something I have found is drinking light beer. Um, <laughs> if you really just like don't want to think at all, um, it is a good, it's a good pairing. Um, so I thought, hey, you know what? Like, 
we've already solved Re-Earth. We've given the definitive answers, you know? Um, yeah. So why not give the d- definitive ranking of the, uh, you know, the primary uh, commercial light beers on the market? Um, so that's what we're going to do here today. Um, so right now I'm looking at uh, this Bud Light. I've been drinking a little bit of it already. Um, it's in the uh, this really attractive, uh, sleek, uh, cobalt blue can. Um, I bought it at my local grocery store. Um, it is, uh, let's see. Um, so it's a little, it's a little dark here. So the label is, uh, it's 4.2%. Um, it's pretty good, vol- you know, alcohol volume. Um, this is not my go-to uh, normally. Uh, this is like, you know, if it's, if it's my only option, I'll drink it with no problems, but it's not really my go-to. Um, but yeah, so this is what we're going to start the review with. So let me just take a swig here. <clears throat> this is quite the swig. Yeah, I really wanted to, you know... Um, like, hit all get, parts of your palate. Yeah, get the full mouthfeel. Um, so the carbonation is... Um, it's got really nice carbonation on it. Um, it's almost like... I mean, the distance between this and just, like, a normal, like, sparkling water is is very slim already. So it has that good um, kind of sparkling water type carbonation, but it, it's more foamy um, in a way that it almost feels like like weedy in your mouth yeah. um, when you when you get a big swig of it. Um, what's also nice is that it's almost completely tasteless, uh, but you have like. There is a very faint uh, kind of sweetness to it um, that I think is also like, I don't know, there, it, it's not enough to be cloying, which, you know, I've got a few other light beers here and we might get into that territory. Um, it's not quite enough to be cloying, uh, but it's enough to be like, you're stimulated enough to, to take another swig. And really that's what all, this is all about. Um, yeah. It just has to be like not off-putting enough to stop you from drinking, continuing to drink it. Um, so yeah, Bud Light. I mean, tried and true. This is known. This is well known. Um, as far as drinking a beer, you know, it's it is a uh, gets the job done. Nice, easy, clean. Um, so we'll just put this one. I've got uh, let's see, five here. We'll put this one at like number two right now. Um, okay. It's pretty good. I'm uh, surprised that you're already doing the rankings here. I just figured yeah, that would well, be like an at the end thing. You can move them around. I just, I have okay. kind of an anticipated order here. Um, okay. I, I know what I think my number one is going to be. Uh, so I'm saving space for that, but we'll see. They'll move around. Yeah. Okay. Shall I open mine? Yeah, go for it. You want, you want to tell us what, what you're drinking? Um, yeah, let me get, let me first get the crack. Okay. Oh, that's satisfying. Um, so I'm drinking 
This is called, uh, so I think Company Brewing is the, the brewery, which is apparently located in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Um, and so the can, like, basically all over, like, the, the main color of the can is, um, like, I would call it a sky blue. Um, the name of the beer is Comfy Brew House, house spelled like the German way. Um, Oktoberfest with a a K. Okay. Um, Oktoberfest. And there's like an image of, I would probably call these um, geese. They look like geese, but it's like a very like um, graphic design. Um, Not like as in like, um, you know, (laughs) explicit. It's It's like, yeah, it's like just a bunch of dismembered geese. Yeah, no, it's, it's like very like, here are just color blocks that are, are suggesting the, the animal. And so there's a one that's uh, orange with a white beak and white feet. And the other one that's white with a black beak and black feet. They both just have like a black dot for the, the eyes. And they're kind of standing mm-hmm. so that like um, basically like right where their, their necks are is kind of where they, they cross so that they're like facing each other, but actually like past each other, like their head, their, um, necks are past each other which are going straight up um yeah, and they're so like, they're it's watching like, each other's back kind yeah. Of. yeah um and so yeah the the orange one is uh on the left but then head is on the right and the the white one is on the right but then head is on the left um abv 6.0 percent mm-hmm. um a little high a little high for me but other fun detail so i do like the design of this can it is um eye-catching um Oh, there's also an orange egg. Um, so, yeah, like, possibly even gold. So there's juice, some, like, there's, of. like, a hint of mystery in there. Yeah. Like, where's this orange but coming from? I do like the, the design the of the label a lot, except that they did the barcode. So it is this, like, sky blue color. And then they did the barcode in white. And um, the barcode would not scan. Um, mm. And I got this at a, a place where you can, like, do self checkout for the beers. Um, and so it wouldn't scan. And so then I had to, after I bought all the other beer that, that we were buying, um, Emily and I went together to like a liquor, like a store that specializes in just doing a bunch of booze. Um, we then had to go through the like line with the cashier. Um, and then the cashier kept trying to scan it. And I was just like, it's, it's not going to scan. And then eventually she had to punch in the numbers. Um, so yeah, that's a, a a big ding on just the design is that you should be able to scan the barcode. That's like, yeah, yeah, that's like a few it. point few points off right there. Yeah, but I mean, I'm gonna if I was pour it, it. I'm gonna I'm gonna pour this um, into a glass, just so I can get some color. So there's some good head on here. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a it's a sort of nice like amber color. Um. You know, it's it's not like super light in color, but it's also not like brown. Like light really passes through it, so you know, it's almost like the color of honey. I would mm-hmm. say. Okay. Um, Hachimitsu beer. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's it's drinkable. Um, it's got like a a very good malty flavor. Um, like you can really like taste the the malt and the hop or the um, mm-hmm. not the hops the the wheat in this. Um, it's not super hoppy, which is good for me. Um, yeah, this is, this is a nice drinkable beer. I could pack a few of these away for like an Oktoberfest event. Okay. I nice. will say that the, the head did, um, disappear very quickly after I poured it, but 
Yeah. It's interesting strategy, you know, actually pouring the beer into a glass to drink it. Um, yeah. You know, when it's me, I feel like when I'm drinking a beer, you know, the can is, to me, an integral part of the beer itself, you know? Well, this is this is um, true for shitty beers. Yes. Like, I it, would never drink a PBR not out of the can. But right. for a beer like this, you pour it, I think. Right. But, you know, um, let's keep in mind, I mean, I would never be rank- ranking any beer other than a shitty yeah. one. So... My philosophy is calibrated around like the objects that I work with, um, um, and so to me, the, the can is a very important part. Um, the other thing that I have is uh, Emily went to Mitsua, which is the Japanese supermarket in the suburbs, um, and they had uh, pumpkin pon. So it's like the like bread that has pumpkin filling in it, and then mm-hmm. they. I don't know if they like made it the normal way that you would with like a, a bun with the filling and then cut lines or if they kind of folded up like they almost made like a flower and then folded it up. But there's like kind of ridges like you would expect with a, a pumpkin. And then in some areas, it's like you can actually see the filling coming out. And then they put like a. Like they dyed a little bit of dough green and and put like a little stem on top when the you know, right before they baked it. Would be oh, that's nice. So it looks like a little pumpkin. It's cute. Um, I'm going to taste it. Yeah. I think it could use like a little bit more pumpkin spice, I think, but it's pretty good. Um, I don't know if I, so like they, there's a, um, thing in Japan that's like uh, salted like pickled um, cherry blossoms and mm. they did one where they infused like um, like it was kind of interspersed throughout but like I think also had been in there a while so that the flavor could permeate a little bit more in like a white bean paste and then they also had some of the actual like full salted cherry blossoms on top um, and that one was just like fantastic um, it was one of the like best pastries that I've eaten from this uh, bakery that's at this supermarket um this one you know it's fun for the novelty like it's fall here's a a pumpkin one but um yeah it's one of those where you're just like i'm getting it because it's it's fall and it's like pumpkin-y but i don't know if i would get it again (laughs) yeah whereas like i would eat the the salted cherry blossom ones like any fucking day of the week it was delicious um yeah anyway enough yeah some you, you know when it's like halloween autumn time you just do things that really don't make sense to to yourself or anybody else um like like pumpkin spice uh i mean what else could explain that uh i mean pumpkin spice itself is great and like a lot of indian desserts are just not those exact spices like aren't pumpkin spice but are like a lot of the same spices yeah, but, like, um, getting excited about, like, the brand pumpkin spice. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah, being, like... pumpkin spice. Oh, I'm so excited about my PSL. Yeah. yeah. Like, th- that's that's what I mean. It, yeah. You know. Um, okay. Because yeah. don't, make, don't also, get me wrong. I, I, love I, have, how... I have extreme um, love for, like, those spices. Yeah, but, like, not under the, like, aegis of... Pumpkin, pumpkin spice, spice like yeah capital p capital capital s mm-hmm. um also i love how we're just like to all of our listeners this is the uh 
early signs of uh, our ultimate direction of, uh, I think, hinted at previously, but um, Ghost Diver is ultimately transforming into an ASMR uh, food and beer review podcast. Yeah. Well, this is just a mukbang podcast now. Yeah. Um, um. Truly amazing. We're going to do like a Chumbawamba style stylistic evolution. Uh, <laughs> go from like one end of the spectrum to just the complete like uh, <laughs> opposite um, in, in a way that is like can't be predicted uh, or understood. Um, so yeah, uh, that's, I don't know, like 2025 probably yeah. we'll get there. So the manga and the OVA, did you read or watch? Um, I read a little bit of the manga um, back when we were uh, actually covering Rare Earth, but I didn't watch the OVA. Um, how much of the manga did you read? Did you did you get into the second, um, like, Rare Earth 2 stuff? Uh, yeah, that's pretty much the only part that I read was, like, pieces of Rare Earth 2. Okay. Um, yeah, I... I guess the big thing, I'm not going to talk quite as much about this because um, you didn't read all of the Ray Earth 2 stuff. I don't know if you have specific opinions about some of it. Um, and I also don't think that Autumn got around to reading it because um, I guess we didn't mention this at the, the start here, uh, but people have listened to like Ornate Starwells probably knows this by now. People have listened to other podcasts that Autumn um, is on is that like their work is just really really asking a lot of them right now um and we are like i'm trying to help them figure out how to do some of the relocating to chicago because um that's their the plan is like Nora and autumn would both like to live in chicago um and so there's some of it of like relocating to um another chain coffee store of the same franchise in chicago i'm not gonna say the name of it um, maybe related to stuff that we were just talking about, but anyway, um, <laughs> um, so yeah, we've, we've kind of been like trying to figure out how do they transfer and, and move and stuff. But, um, if anybody has ever moved cities before, it's a lot of work. Um, and so in addition to work, asking a lot of them, they are also trying to focus on that stuff. And it just means they have not really been able to be on as many podcasts as they would like lately. Um, and so, yeah, stuff got shuffled around this week, um, but they will show up at some point, apparently. Um, but yeah, as part of that, I don't think they had time to read the manga. Um, so, you know, I, I think if there were multiple people who have read it, there'd be more of a conversation to be had around the Ray Earth 2 manga stuff. Um, Sorry, yeah, you're flying solo on this one. Yeah, so I don't want to... I'm going to like, read it all and like bring it up <laughs> a year from now. I mean, I will welcome it. Um, I think the the big things that I just wanted to touch on. So one is a spoiler that I'm just going to say here um, that uh, I hinted at last time, which is how it actually ends. Um, so basically, as we've already talked about, um, Nova and Debonair do not exist in the manga at all. Um, and this is... I think the biggest reason why I really like the anime is that I love Nova a lot as a character and, and like how she relates to Hikaru and like how that develops those things. And I, I feel like Hikaru doesn't get quite as much 
um, of that development in the manga. Um, she, she still has these moments where she like kind of figures stuff out, but it, it feels one is that it's just shorter, but also there isn't this like direct foil with Nova. And so a lot of it feels, um, less deliberate and less like this actual full process that she's going through and more what you sometimes just expect from anime, which is just that like, Oh, they, they come around and they do better now or whatever. Uh, but without like really seeing the steps to get there. And I, I think the, the anime does such a good job of, um, having Hikaru like actually have to go through this like introspective process of, um, coming to realize the ways that she hates herself and the way that she has to like, address the these tendencies that she has to like destroy herself or you know love of other people and all this um and that stuff like you get the you get the final conclusions to some degree with her in the manga but you don't see as much of the process because you don't have nova there to like literalize it in in some ways if that makes sense um what instead happens is as you're getting towards the the end there's still the parts where like Chizeda and Farin are kind of less invested in this. Um, Eagle does have a clear motivation in terms of like, he wants to save um, Autozan. He also, I think even more clearly in the manga, loves Lantis, knows that Lantis doesn't want the tragedy of the pillar system to happen again, and basically concludes that like, I am going to like die anyway. And the way that he dies specifically in it or that he's like supposed to is that he falls asleep forever. And so it is this thing of like, if he takes on the pillar system, he will then fall asleep forever. And so then like the pillar system will disappear with him. Um, because of like the mechanisms of how his space anime disease works. Um, so then the, the biggest difference here is in the anime, it is the the will of all three girls, but especially Hikaru, that pulls them back to Sephiro to like um, address basically the tragedy and and try and like make a better world. Um, that's kind of canonically how do the Magic Knights show back up in Sephiro? They summon themselves. Um, in the anime, they are summoned by Makona, who somewhat jokingly is the creator which means that in the fiction of magic knight ray earth is god who created both earth and Sephiro, and also presumably all of the other planets um but is also kind of a joke because makona is the name of one of the the members of clamp and so it's also the creator of the manga makona created earth and um created the system of that like governs earth and what humans did with it is like fight each other and create war and blah, blah, blah. And so then created Sephiro hoping that this pillar system of Sephiro would like bring more peace and harmony. Um, wow. And, idiot. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> and basically is trying to then decide who's going to be the next pillar is the one who's actually like mediating that test. Um, and, what Makona does is pull Hikaru and Eagle into uh, Tokyo. And it is a version of Tokyo that is like, there are no people there. It's like frozen in time. We'll get to this with the OVA. <laughs> um, but 
this is like one of the few things that the OVA like really pulls from the the manga is just this idea of Sephiro going into Earth where um, the people disappear and then like this battle over the future of Sephiro is happening. Um, the OVA goes in a very different direction with it. But um, and so they're fighting and what happens. So Makona's like the rules are both of you go through only one person can come back to Sephiro like the other person is going to die and then that person will come back. Mm-hmm. Um, Hikaru with her like strength of heart, her desire that things have to be different, um, and also the love and like you know friendship or whatever, however you're going to phrase it, of um, Umi and Fu who are still in Sephiro, they help pull Hikaru back. Who had like Hikaru is pulling Eagle back through the portal as well, and so then they both end up back in Sephiro. Are technically by the rules of it both pillar. Um, Hikaru is kind of the one given the like official position. Um, and it essentially ends with, um, you know, Hikaru has that same wish of everybody in Sephiro is going to basically be the pillar instead of just me. Like this is a, a different system now where, uh, it's a democratic system and not a, a theocratic or, uh, you know, monarchical, um, system. And, uh, the ending is, and that's, this is the part with the, the, uh, scene where Atlantis is like, what do you do when you love someone a lot? And Hikaru is like, I want to marry them. Who do you want to marry? Lantis and Eagle and all these other people. Um, and specifically the scene where since Hikaru is technically like the one who is chosen or whatever, she can continue to like, along with um, Umi and Fu, go back to Sephiro. And so they're going back. They're like, it's very small scenes, but like having conversations with Chizeda and Farin about how to fix the problems that their countries are facing. And, you know, basically Hikaru becomes like the president is the ending. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And Eagle is alive, uh, still kind of sickly in bed, but is alive. Um, So, yeah, that's how it ends. I like the anime more. Um, I I think the anime does more interesting things with Hikaru's arc and also with, um, like, there's there's still interesting queer content that comes up in the manga, but I feel like the show actually hits on something that is more interesting to me, um, in part because of its incompleteness as well. So... That's the manga. I don't know if you have thoughts on that or thoughts on having read some of it. Um, no, not particularly. Um, yeah, I think we had some conversations like when we were actually recording the Rayearth episodes around like the manga, like you sending me some screenshots from it. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I think. I think I'm pretty satisfied with uh, with where we left, like our our rare earth discussion. Yeah. Um, but I do think it's especially funny. This is I think I brought it up in the context of you saying like the weirdest pseudo ship is Primera and Makona, and it's just especially funny when supposedly canonically, at least within the manga, Makona is God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, that's that's an interesting choice. Um, I feel like that I'm, I'm intrigued by that concept, um, just because it, it, it allows us to shift like all of our hatred of like 
Clef, which I think our <laughs> hatred of Clef like may have been mitigated somewhat um, by the end of the series. Uh, although not for all of our viewers, apparently. Um, but uh, regardless, like Clef caught all this heat for being like the representative of the system and like blah, blah, blah. And it's like, I mean, I still think oh, Clef no. is a neoliberal little shit, but yeah, for sure. But there is like some char- mitigating character development in there a little bit. Um, but then it's just like, yeah, Makona created, like, not, not only did Makona create Earth, but also, like, the pillar system. Like, mm-hmm. come on. How can you fuck up that badly? Yeah, isn't just trying to perpetuate the pillar system, believing that it is the only, like, possible system that can exist, which is really Clef's failing, is that, like, he, <clears throat> he cannot see beyond the pillar system as, like, another way of being um, yeah but clef becomes just like a tool of Mokona, you know yeah like rereading the series in that <laughs> with that perspective is is uh pretty disturbing yeah um hi so hey autumn are you recording i am i hit record before i joined the call <clears throat> okay Welcome. should we do a time not is clap we are just yeah. wrapping up manga chat i don't know if you want to say anything about the manga no, I didn't end up reading any more of it. I liked the first volume quite a bit. I love uh, clamp art, um, but I unfortunately did not have did not make the time to read more of it. So that makes two right. of us. So you're it's all good. Um, 30... I just took off my shoes because I just got home from work. <laughs> <laughs> are, Let are us you know when you have for... time. That is up. I have yeah. time. That is up. Okay. I'm a professional. Do, like... Thank you. <laughs> Let's do forty-seven. Okay. Okay. I'm going to attempt something that I assume Nia has experience with, but I don't know. Which is that I'm going to try and remove the tobacco from the cigarette and replace it with marijuana. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, we we won't yeah. ask we won't ask too much of you commentary wise for the next few minutes. Um, that sounds like a pretty uh, intensive <laughs> activity. Um, um, you know, I don't even know where to start with this. <laughs> I've, I, I have to say, I, I have done that before a couple times. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe it's just me, but it it required one hundred percent of my focus. So, um, <laughs> I'm a professional podcaster. I can figure this out. Okay, good. is there a wiki good. how yeah. for this? Let's see. <laughs> you just got to get some tweezers. Oh, do I? Have well, you tweezers? do have to pull out the filter too. Yeah. I don't know if I have. But you can tweezers. do that with tweezers. Um, mm. well, all right. Um, my usefulness has been exhausted. <laughs> um, all right. Well, OVA. Um, uh, sure. Do we want to take a bathroom break real quick? Yeah, I haven't seen for any... an hour. Okay. I've been that recording works. for two minutes, actually. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Fair, um, but. All right. I'm going to put a label on, on here. Okay. Yeah, just to practice. All right, I'll be back. I'm gonna go see if I own tweezers. I'll be back. (laughs) (laughs) Hello. Hello. We're all back. So I was, I was right about me not owning tweezers, but Nora owns tweezers. So that's good. I'm glad that one of you owns tweezers in case somebody gets a splinter. I think this is the reason we own tweezers. We're 
very bad at like being functioning adults. <laughs> mm. I deduced that from the ice cube debacle. <laughs> <laughs> Um, anyway, I actually didn't really do, um, having to, to pull out the tobacco out of a cigarette and then put weed in there because I just always had papers on me, but I did sometimes cut a cigarette open and then mix the weed and the, the tobacco together into two joints. Um, nice. And then I just have a nice little mix there of of marijuana and tobacco well um, so get both buses going on at once yeah here's remember 9 11 <laughs> here's the thing is that <clears throat> i started smoking uh cigarettes at a young age i did not start smoking weed until later um and even then i was just bumming it off friends until like literally two weeks ago was like the first time i bought weed by myself basically <laughs> Wow. Um, and I don't have any way right now of smoking the weed because, and, and so, and I'm, you told me they might sell rolling papers at the gas station, but now I'm nervous that they don't and I'll look like an idiot if I ask. <laughs> but like, they probably they, sell, they, they, will. they will, yeah, because they have, they'll, they will also sell you like loose American spirit tobacco. Um, oh okay like that's why they have it is so that you can roll your own cigarettes um okay but then you can also just buy it and roll weed you know there okay. are um there are establishments that you can go to to uh well, so, so here's the thing about that is that nora works like today she worked at 6 a.m she, tomorrow she works at 4 a.m yesterday she worked at 8 a.m so she's taking the car every morning so I don't have the car, and then I worked nine days in a row, so I I haven't had the time. Yeah, I haven't had the time to go and <laughs> to go and buy because uh, because there are four smoke shops on my street, but um, I just haven't like been able to like get the car to go up to them, you know, basically. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. That makes um. Sense. Rayertho well, VA? Um, now that you have the tweezers, you, I think I'm, I'm I think looking should, at some. Images. I think you probably okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll you f- can you can figure it out from there. I think. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just gonna yell about the Rayertho OVA for a little bit anyway, so people can react to me. But I know neither of you have watched this. Um, yeah.
I'm going to start this by reading some from Ina's email. Um, who? So she did watch the Ray Earth OVA. Um, I know I like ranted at you slightly about this already, Autumn, but yes. I'm just going to read from, from Ina's here because I feel like it does a, a good summary of just general reactions to this OVA. Um, what the fuck? What happened here? Why did we do this? What is the point of taking a series by a very popular and highly distinctive, identifiable creative team and shaping it into the most generic Edgelord 90s OVA skin possible? Why does it look like that? Why do the characters look like that? Why do the robots look like that? Why is the dub, dub so bad? I hate this. It's very funny that they even gave it the edgy reboot one name title, Ray Earth. Even funnier that they renamed him so he's not even called Ray Earth. What the fuck? This sucks so bad. I hate it. They if there's one constant him? here, it's that Clef can suck my ass, bro. Fuck that guy. Yeah, so Ray Earth is named Lexus. Uh, this did come up when I, oh. I did the, the name sheets, but yeah, uh, like the, here's what all the, all the cars that they're named after, they renamed Ray Earth Lexus. Um, I must have blocked that out when you told yeah. me last time. And so Ray Earth is, I believe, the OVA is kind of confusing. Ray Earth is the name of when Earth and Sephiro fuse into a new world. That's fucking stupid. So here's the... Let me give you the the premise of Ray Earth, the OVA. Um, so you know how, like, a bunch of... Especially the first season of Ray Earth is Hikari, Umi, and Fu. Um, or Hikaru, Umi, and Fu. They are, they are uh, three girls who don't really know each other, although Hikaru is just, like, immediately gay. We talked about this for the other two. Um, <laughs> and they get pulled into another world, and then, like, the first season in particular has a lot of them becoming friends. We see their personalities, we see them, like, getting closer to each other and supporting each other, and, like, a friendship actually developing over the, the course of a series. Um, in the OVA... They just all go to the same school and we're just told that they're friends. We don't really, we get like a montage of them, like taking photos in a photo booth and like whatever, because they're about to graduate high school and they're sad that they're not going to see each other anymore. Uh, but they're just already, they all go to the same school. Um, they're all already friends. Um, Umi still fences. Um, Hikaru does not do kendo. She's just a gymnast, which like, and like, doesn't really have any tomboy vibes. Um, and yeah, for the most part, a lot of their personality is like not really on display here. They also all wear the same like very uh, gothic 90s anime, like black dress with really huge white like lapel, like Peter Pan collar kind of. Um, so you don't even get like some fun color coding. Um, and instead of them getting pulled into Sephiro... Um, they go to a cherry blossom tree and are like, it's so sad that we're not going to see each other again because we're graduating. Um, and then they encounter what they believe is the cherry blossom fairy, which is Makona. And they see Makona and Makona, um, ends up like pulling Hikaru into a dream world briefly and puts, uh, so you know, the, the like gauntlets that everybody wears, like the yeah. magic knights wear, um, those are just gems in the back of their hand. Like there's just gems in the back of their hand now. Um, That's chill. Yeah. Um, and so they all get gems and those gems are tied to the, 
they're not called rune gods. They're just machine in here. Um, so they don't, that OVA doesn't translate them as rune gods at all. Um, Weird. And uh, yeah, so the, the other two, like it's still Salis and Wyndham, but then they rename Ray Earth Lexus. Um, the designs, the designs for like Salis and Wyndham are not terrible. I don't like them for the like rune gods. They aren't what I want from that, but they do like look okay. The mm-hmm. redesign for Ray Earth as Lexus is just awful. Um, just looks dog shit. I hate it. I hate it. It's really bad. <laughs> um, and also, as part of this, people from Sephiro are invading Tokyo, specifically through Tokyo Tower. So Tokyo Tower still figures, but they never like go there. It just starts happening at Tokyo Tower. Um, and so first they meet Clef, who's like helping them out. Um, but then Ferio is just like for most of it uh, an enemy. Um, Ascot is just super evil in this. Like never does anything nice. Is just like uh, what a goon. It out. Um, and well, Alcyone, yeah. there's no Cal- Caldina. <laughs> there's like a lot of the characters. There's no Caldina, but um, Alcyone also shows up and is um, honestly of. I guess Ferio at the end has like a, a heal the face turn, but oh, um, Alcyone like seems actually less evil um, than in the the anime. But anyway, um, and then also we we see these scenes that are like cl- unclear throughout it of. Um, Zagato and Emerald, and also everybody is like a full adult, including Clef, except for Ascot. Um, Ascot's the only one who like appears as a small child. Everyone else is like full adult. Um, also want to put that out here. It's it's full aged up Clef here. Um, so yeah, and essentially what's happening is that there's some battle over the fate of Sephira that's happening in Tokyo, and unless the the three girls can like fix it then Earth is going to be destroyed. Um, and all of this is being orchestrated by Eagle, who in the OVA is the brother of Emerald. And in the final episode, we learn that Emerald and Eagle are the are spirits who look after Sephiro and helped bless it and make it work. And that everybody else was just like humans in this world. Um, and what happened is that spirits and humans couldn't fall in love and Zagato and, um, Emerald fell in love and Eagle seems to kind of be implied to be Emerald's like Nova. Like he's referred to as her shadow who rules over life and death. Um, let me just, and, let me just stop, pause. Like this is yeah. fucking wild. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm like really regretting. In, in spite of the absence of Caldina, I'm really regretting not watching this. <laughs> this sounds um, stupid, but like maybe in a fun way. <laughs> this is wild. This is like so, every plot point has just been like yeah. thrown in a blender. Okay, so now let me let me like back up. Let me describe a few other things. So Alcione, this is my favorite edition. Most of this I hate. I love that Alcione has a cool cat. That's like this like fucked up evil cat that that goes around with her and then becomes her cool 
like machine mech. Um, so basically like the way that the mechs work in this is that humans fuse with spirit animals and become the like giant kaiju. They're all like more clearly organic. Um, this feels more clearly like in the wake of, of something like Ava. Um, but um, Alcione's machine is like cool and I love her cat. Um, it's just a, a like mean little cat and I love it. Um, okay. In this yeah. moment, this is me connecting the dots and being like, I now know for sure that this exact trope is going to show up in our tabletop game. <laughs> um, <laughs> this is happening now. I'm just, I'm just going to wait for it. Someone's so, going to have a cat that turns into the mech. So anyway, um, so the end of the first episode is Hikaru doing the whole thing where she's like pushing herself extremely hard. Um, oh, also whenever the, the three magic knights are piloting the, their machine, like, you know, um, Lexus, Salis and Wyndham, um, whenever we see them inside the cockpit, they're just completely naked. Um, inexplicably they're just naked. I, because it's horny, it's an OVA. I guess it has to be horny now. I hate it. Um, and, so it's the whole thing of like, uh, Hikaru is like pushing herself really hard and not caring if like she dies because she's trying to protect her friends. Um, and so she's just like covered in like naked in the cockpit, just covered in blood because they're doing the same rules where like, if your machine gets hurt, like you also feel it. Um, and so she's just like bleeding and everything. I am me. I, I'm, I like blood. I still fucking hated this because the whole point of like stuff in the first season in particular with Hikaru, like pushing herself and bleeding is that it is like specifically her doing this self-sacrificing thing that is actually like just self-destructive and does not actually help things in like a long-term, like long run thing. That's like a, a thing that we talked extensively about throughout Ray Earth is Hikaru having to like, come to terms with the fact that destroying yourself to try to save other people is actually less meaningful and less likely to like help those people in the long term than being able to take care of yourself so that you can continue to take care of them. This show just thinks it's badass when like you almost die and basically kill Alcione. So this is another, this is totally fucked up edgelord OVA is so then Alcione fails eagle and so eagle puts her in chains and then just has her in chains for a while and then decides to kill her um and jesus christ does this thing of like you can be like you can join the the hordes and we see like this fucked up shot of hades where there's like all of these bones and skeletons and like decaying bodies um because eagle being in control of death uh, towards the very end of the series is going to summon the spirits of oh, all of those who have died. Sorry, in I feel like I missed something here. <laughs> <laughs> all those who have died in Sephira who loved Emerald and thus will willingly uh, let their undead spirits return to attack the magic knights. Or, or actually, they're not called magic knights; they're just the girls. Um, but will attack the girls, and Lantis like fights them up. Lantis is here. Uh, Lantis is helping them from the beginning. I forgot to mention that. <laughs> Um, well, naturally. Second so, yeah, episode, so Lantis being like totally normal and uninteresting yeah. is, yeah. 
Yeah, that's, that just continues. Um, yeah. And it's actually even more just normal and uninteresting, and there's no, like, cool thing. It's just he's, like, trying to stop Eagle from doing fucked up shit. There's nothing gay happening in any of this, so I want to be clear. Not a single scene except maybe, like, a little bit if you really, really want to try and read into it at the very beginning before all of the, like, Sephiro stuff starts happening between Hikari, Umi, and Fu, but it's really just played as, like, three girls who are really good friends and are sad that um, they're graduating high school and probably won't see each other anymore. But yeah, there's nothing gay happening with, like, Eagle and, and Lantis. Um, despite the fact that they have a scene where Eagle puts a blade to Lantis's neck, which could have been great and gay. Um, but anyway... Yeah, so toward, in the final episode, Eagle's going to summon a bunch of undead to attack them all. Um, but in the second episode, it's them fighting against Ascot. Uh, so Ascot fights against Umi, and then Ferio fights against Fu. And it ends with you thinking that Fu killed Ferio. They're just, like, fighting throughout all of it, and Fu kills Ferio. And okay. it's just like, well, that's okay, the thing that you I'm, have I'm, to do to save the world. winning me over again here. <laughs> Um, the show plays it as like, yeah, that's just, you're trying to save the world. You have to, you have to kill Fario. Um, yeah, you were were losing me for a minute, but now, (laughs) now I'm getting back into it. Um, final episode, uh, Fario is back. He's alive. Um, and has has learned the truth (laughs) and decides to help them. Um, (laughs) um, and you know, Lantis and Ferio are like trying to help the the Magic Knights, um, and they face off against Eagle. And there's like extended fight scenes. Uh, they do form Combined Ray Earth that still doesn't look quite as cool as Combined Ray Earth in the anime, but it's definitely the coolest mech design and is like the closest to the original designs. Um, and uh, Combined Ray Earth, which is also named Ray Earth in the the show because the rune gods when they combine they create the world that is the combined world uh like planet of i this part doesn't make sense a lot of this doesn't make sense um anyway and then they're like fighting eagle but they can't defeat him and then uh lantis puts his soul into a sword uh into his sword and like sacrifices himself and then they use that sword to shoot eagle and when they shoot eagle then um he dies and goes and becomes part of emerald again and then she realizes that eagle has been creating an illusion of zagato being alive and now that she knows that zagato is truly dead um the whatever work she was doing to like keep anything going uh just disappears and so Sephiro just vanishes um at the very end as they're vanishing they like very briefly gesture at like oh Fu and Ferio are like saying goodbye tearfully to each other and Lantis and uh, you know or Hikaru is like saying tearfully to like the the Lantis that remains after the, all of this um as if to say like they're in love now but this series this OVA is so uninterested in romance at all um so yeah, that's this is the plot of the OVA. Um, it's bad. Oh, I forgot to mention. Um, so uh, Ascot is controls like a giant uh, lobstery, like you know, um, sea monster kind of kaiju, and then uh, Ferio. His power is that he has a ton of bugs, and so it's just like insects everywhere. There's like scenes of like insects like all over a stadium. Um, as Ferio's like, or as Fu's trying to go get Windham, 
Um, he's just, yeah, he's like insect king. Um, and then his, <laughs> they all combine, they like all form together to make this like giant insect that he pilots, um, as, as his machine. Um, so, so yeah. Incidentally, I, I found a still image. I've just been looking as, as you've been describing the plot of this, I've just been looking at like Google images for the Earth OVA. Yeah. Um, this is actually like really, it's actually been really awesome and fun. Um, <laughs> but I found an image of Ascot from the OVA and he looks absolutely deranged. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's just how he looks. Um, yeah. Um, I also, I like that the like strongest evidence that Lantis is just like made completely straight in the OVA is the fact that he like, puts his soul into a sword and then they use the sword to like destroy the final boss or whatever. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah, He put his soul into a sword. Like all street dudes do (laughs) classic, like street guy move. Yeah. Just fucking like kill yourself, put your soul into a sword. Um, yeah, it's bad. Um, it is a thing where like when I was first watching it, I was like, if this just wasn't called Ray Earth and was like a Shin Megami Tensei thing of like demons invading Tokyo, I might like it. Um, but just the longer that I had to like confront that this is the Ray Earth OVA, um, the more I just got like angry at how much this just completely doesn't even understand. Like, what are any of the themes in Ray Earth actually trying to talk about? Um, it's just the most like grim dark anime ova bullshit um so that's my take on the ova <laughs> at what point does the uh does the flying fish collide into tokyo tower um i don't think it does but they do ride around on it a little bit oh okay i've had some success with my operation here <laughs> okay um Lost more weed than I would have wanted, but it's fine. Hmm. Um, this is my punishment for not just asking at the gas station if they have rolling papers, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Punished Autumn. Punished so, Autumn. <laughs> my new Metal Gear Solid character. Should I... <laughs> um, do... So I need to go sit by the window. Should I take my mic with me, or should I just come back in a minute? Um, just whatever you feel. Yeah. Just go you can you can take your mic with you if you want. Okay. I don't care. <laughs> okay. Um, um. Any any other thoughts on this OVA, or shall shall we just get into actual questions? Sounds dumb. Uh, yeah. It, yeah. It it sounds. Well, I'll I'll let you go. What is the purpose of this? Like, what is the purpose of any of this? I don't. I didn't understand that yeah. part. Like, what is? Why did this get f- made? I was trying to figure this out. Um, The vibe that I got was extremely like someone had this story that they wanted to do and they just figured they could like bend elements of Ray Earth and then have like name recognition. But I don't know why Clamp would agree to it. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't like... It's just so bizarre, especially because 
one of the biggest disappointments for it is that like some of the animation in it is well done. Um, I hate a lot of the redesigns for like the mm-hmm. characters and the, the max in the show, but like a lot of this, like they had a budget. Imagine if they would use that budget to like try to recreate elements of clamps, actual style for Ray earth would have been right. fucking incredible. Um, right. Instead, it's just like, the, like it's it just looks like any other OVA. Where's the anime that's gonna do like, all this fucking screen tone? You yeah. know? <laughs> um So yeah, this, I don't the, I I don't know who it's for. Does this like and I don't know the history of the OVA or whatever, but does like an American market come into play for this? I don't think so because I don't even know. There was a dub, but it, like it's not even the same dub. Um, what did you What did you just send? Oh yeah, there's Faria with his bugs. Um, yeah, pretty epic, man. Yeah. The, the other thing is that it like it also just super feels like, oh, we got to make a version of Ray Earth for the boys. Uh, we're gonna make it dark and edgy, and not about romance or feelings that people would have. It's yeah. It's dumb. <laughs> um, I'm glad I watched all of it just so that I like have completed it, but um, I would not recommend it. Yeah, I gotta say, I'm I'm generally inclined to like look favorably on like when series just do like ridiculous creative risks, and especially like. Mm-hmm. You have this source material, and instead of just being like, oh yeah, let's just recapitulate this, like, no, 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 like, let's just, like, fucking go wild. Um, I'm generally inclined to, like, that scores at some points at the outset. Um, this clef is upsetting but... me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the, the contents, though, don't really, um, I don't know. I, it doesn't like you answer have to, any of the, these, the, like, the risks questions. have to be for something, you know? Yeah, yeah, I mean, I think there's a, like... I think there's a value in, in, like, choosing to not recapitulate, you know, like, fundamentally. So it makes, like, a couple points just, like, right off the bat. And then, like, probably just loses all of... Like, that's, like, two points on a scale of, like, 100. You know what I mean? Yeah um the the, like the one thing i can maybe see that it's trying to do with complicating is that like one of the questions that comes up at the end is like um this question of like why should the world have to end for the wishes of one girl which is like this being emerald which is like this inversion of the question that gets repeated in the the anime which is like why should the continuation of like a peaceful world have to depend on like the sacrifices of one girl? Um, but I, it doesn't like come to any interesting conclusions with that. Um, it's just like, what if we fucking killed Eagle? Fuck that guy. <laughs> the shadow of like, it's, there's not even like a meaningful, like, Oh, if Eagle is the shadow of Emerald, then like, what, what does that mean? And how do you like, reconcile like these conflicting desires that exist within her it's like no you just kill him good and then he goes back to her and it's fine um yeah i mean it, yeah. It, it's it's an interesting like 
some of the some of the things that you're describing like with the characters are interesting like oh yeah eagle being the the shadow of emerald is like there's all of that stuff that we talked about as like implied and and not really like concretized like the fact that eagle and emerald have the same voice act uh the same like voice performer for example in the original series that we like spent a, a good amount of time talking about and extracted meaning from that but it's not really like that's very very subtle the like connections um in the original series and then just taking the choice of being like no i'm gonna like take the like the uh, dynamic of like, you know, Nova and Hikuru, and then make that Eagle and Emerald like, and I'm so I'm f- concretizing that connection like, that's interesting, um, but you know, because it has potential to go deeper into that. But I, yeah. mm-hmm. so stuff like that, I, I don't know. I probably will end up watching the OVA now. It's too late, um, <laughs> and maybe I'll just like, you know bring it up in when it's not like apropos. Yeah. I just cracked open my second beer. Uh, this is uh, from new Glarus brewing company. It's a Wisconsin Belgian red. Um, and it's just their like standard red label. Like new Glarus doesn't do a lot fancy with their, their label design. Um, so it's just like shows cherries and says Wisconsin Belgian red. Um, I've had this beer before, but this is my first time drinking uh, recently. Um, it uh it pours nicely um there's not a lot of head on it um it is a darker color than the oktoberfest beer that i had um it's a little bit reddish and like uh it's sort of like a dark red brown but like light passes through it very easily um and it's sort of a it's like a a tartar like sour beer because of the the sour cherry element um it's nice it's i could like drink this all day Okay. Yeah. Speaking <laughs> of drinking all day, um, should I should I do my second? I have like five to get through, so I should probably. <laughs> yeah, you gotta pick up um, the pace. I all right. So with with all due respect, I don't care about beer talk because uh, I don't drink beer. So I'm gonna I'm gonna step away and smoke this, and I'll be back. We y- y'all do beer talk. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. This is a very serious beer talk that we're having. Um. So here I have uh Miller Lite. Um. It's it's pretty local. So I don't know if it's um, you probably don't have it in uh, in your neck of the woods, yeah. um, but uh, so I have the um, twenty four ounce can here because um, it's the only like single can. I fucking de- I damn straight was not buying a six pack of all of these, so I went for the single cans. But they only have like the twenty four ounce ones, so I have this massive can of Miller Lite. Um, but I gotta say, it's got a good heft to it. Um, the design is, um, it's this, uh, it's this kind of, um, pasty white. Um, but again, very slick design, kind of what you expect with a, uh, a big commercial brewer and a classic brand. Um, they, uh, they don't say Miller. You just, you, you know it. You're supposed to know it. All it says is light um, and massive font, but it's really um, Miller's kind of on the side. But you know the point they're trying to make is like, hey, you should know this. Um, uh, light in this uh, 
kind of like it's kind of cool font. I don't, I don't know what uh what I what I'd call this. Um but I'd write, I'd, write, I'd write an essay in it. Um Yeah. And uh so yeah, let's uh, let's go ahead and give it a go. Um alcohol content. Let's see. 4.2. Um, so we're still in the 4.2 realm here. Okay. All right. So this one... Okay. <clears throat> so compared to... So we're immediately like... We're already out ahead of the Bud Light. Um, yeah. This has like so. First of all, like the the fizziness, the foaminess of the Bud Light. It it's okay when you first start drinking it, but it, it gets old pretty fast. It really diminishes the drinkability. Which again, when you're in the realm of light beer, like. Drinkability is number one. You're just trying to get hammered, pretty much. Um, yeah. So this has a much more subdued um, foaminess to it. It doesn't really just like expand in your mouth nearly as much. But it still has like that good tingle of carbonation um, at the same time. So it's kind of satisfying. Um, Along the same lines, like the flavor profile, that sweetness is like almost completely diminished. Um, so the little like kind of sweetness in the Bud Light, um, which I'm not thrilled with. You know, it's it adds an interesting dimension. It's okay, but I'm not thrilled with it. Um, here, it's almost completely gone, um, which is a plus because um, you don't really want any flavors to get in your way um, when you're trying to drink 24 ounces of Miller Light. Uh, and, um, it also has a kind of like a little bit of an aftertaste, um, it, the aftertaste almost tastes a little bit like beer, you know? Um, and, and I like that, uh, you don't want to have too much of a beer flavor cause that, you know, um. Again, we're just talking about speed bumps here, um, as far as drinking as fast as possible. But it every time you you take a like a sip of it, it's the aftertaste hits, and you're like, oh yeah, I am drinking beer, and and so you don't like completely lose where you are. Um, so Miller Lite, you know, it keeps you really grounded, um, very drinkable. Um, you know, keeps keeps you centered. Um, and for that reason, this is going to move into the number one spot uh, ahead of Bud Light. Um, so it's a pretty dramatic difference here. Um, so yeah, so right now we're working with Miller Light as one, Bud Light is two. Um, also, I'll just add, um, I've heard that when people are doing um, alcohol tastings, one of the best... Uh, palate cleansers is like a really nice cheese. Is that true? 
Um, I don't know. You, you're for, like for much beers? more knowledgeable. You're much I more was... knowledgeable about gastronomy than I am generally. So I'm like yeah. deferring to, but like when people do wine tastings, you know, they have cheese cause it's like a, yeah, what's good, but it's also like a palate cleanser. I don't know. I heard that and like, I didn't scrutinize it. So I just, um, so I went with it. And, uh, so, so what we have here is some, um, nacho cheese Doritos. Uh, this is what's going to be my palate cleanser, um, for this tasting. Um, so let me just get a couple of these just so I don't forget, um, for my next beer. Okay. All right. Hello. Hi. How's it going? We just finished the beer review. Um, okay. That was fantastic timing. Yeah. <laughs> do you want Do you want to know what the standings are currently? Yeah, hit me with the standings. I should talk. Quiet. So I've, no I've done sleep. <laughs> I've I've done two so far, and right now okay. Miller Light is ahead of Bud Light. Um, oh, you're drinking bad beer. Yeah, you no, told me you would be drinking dip bad beer, but I didn't know you were drinking like bad beer. Yeah, no, that's all. Yeah, no, like that's you're yeah. You're drinking. Yeah, we're going for it. Yeah, uh, you're going for something. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm going for it. Um, <laughs> it being like a definitive, as I announced at the beginning of the episode, a definitive ranking of the uh, prominent like shitty commercial light beers um at my local kruger um, okay so this is we're settling this once and for all here um and i'm glad that you're uh that you're here to see it um so yeah so miller light has a commanding lead over bud light um and uh yeah i think i think next on cue is is this Michelob. um but let's let's kind of let's get a couple questions first before we go before yeah. we go there. Yeah, hit me with some questions.
So, um, I feel like we've said everything that we need to say about Ray Earth proper, and we can just get into the, the emails here, unless anyone wants mm-hmm. to stop me. Um, yeah. So, so Ina wrote in, um, first question right out the gate is what it's like producing the greatest podcast on the face of this earth or presumably any planet in the universe. I imagine it feels pretty good, but I want to hear it from the horse's mouth. Autumn was fabulous this whole time too. They'll be sorely missed on this episode. So sorry that there's no autumn. Um, yeah. Sorry. There's no autumn on this episode. Uh, I have to assume yeah. this question is for me and asking about hot singles. So <laughs> Weird. I, thought it was, I, I just thought it was about ornate stairwells um (laughs) (laughs) weird weird that uh ina asked me this when she didn't think i was going to be on the episode but yeah hot singles is great um i'm glad to be taking a little bit of a break from it and i'm glad to be on this bonus episode this week despite taking a little bit of a break from it um i love it so yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah um i think that i think that pretty much answers that one (laughs) I love Ghost Stairs um, a lot. Now, uh, now that we've now that we've deciphered the true meaning behind the question, um, I was thinking about it at work today. I was like, I could just always show up on question buckets. I could just keep doing this. Yeah, you even can, when I don't. I've said that you have a literal open invitation to join any episode of Ghost Divers that you want to join, and the question buckets is the one that is just easy to roll up on. <laughs> Right. That's the thing For is sure. that like I wanna I wanna hang out and talk about Utana. I don't know that I'm gonna have like the time in my life to watch Utana, you know? Yeah. So But you um, could crash an Utana question bucket. Yeah, exactly. Um And I think that'll I think that'll be good. I I'm not making anybody any promises, but I think like just continuing to like show up on question buckets even when I haven't watched the show, I think is a fun way to approach things. Yeah, yeah. I, I I love that vibe. Um, first question, what car would you be named after? What element would your rune god be? And what would your dominant color scheme be? I would be named after a Nissan Altima. So you're, oh, is, nice. is your name Altima? Yes. Yes. Okay. I don't uh, know why. I, I think that was the first car that my parents had when I was little. And so that's what came to my mind. I've only ever then, driven Hyundai Elantras. Yeah. Um, and then do you know what your element would be for your rune god? Ooh, do I have to do like earth, wind, fire, air? Can I get more creative with it? No, I think any element. Um, so like tungsten, if I wanted tungsten. <laughs> I mean, if you feel like yeah. tungsten really represents you, then yeah, you can be <laughs> tungsten. It's like... so dense. Oh my God. <laughs> no one can fucking, no one can even do anything. Once you bring tungsten to the mix, it's just like, all right, fuck. There's, there's, it's over. Um, also, dominant color scheme. I have my answers for all of these. If yeah, if go ahead with thinking. yours. Yeah, go um, for it. So the car one, I don't know cars that well, and so I looked up some. I tried to find one that I, I think would be fitting. Um, I'm gonna send the the wiki link here. Um, there's a very specific reason why I'm choosing this car. Um, I think that my character's name is actually, it's both of these, and um, Heinkel is, is like treated as the, you the would, surname. You would do this. 
And then kabine, uh, <laughs> I think, is what how they say it in Japanese. Um, in in German, it would be kabina, um, but I think the Japanese they'll they'll pronounce it kabine, like in the anime. Um, and some the the character's name is kabine. The reason why I chose this car is that it is a a German car, uh, but it mm-hmm. was manufactured for a time in Ireland, and so that's me. Um, this is the car. I'm Heinkel Cabine or just Cabine. Um, my element is ice because I love the cold. Um, and dominant color scheme is obviously pink and mm-hmm. black. Mm-hmm. Lots of black. You, you fucking would. That's Can I, I make my element um, carbon ten, hydrogen fourteen, nitrogen two? Um, sure. What is that? That's nicotine. <laughs> yeah, your element can be nicotine. <laughs> nice. And then color scheme? Um, purple. Ah. All right, Connor, I, you're up. I was between purple and blue, so I can settle. Yeah. No, it's it's all good. You you already did. No, 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 no. It's I fine. want to do orange. I want to do orange. I want to do orange. No, no. It's it's okay. Don't no, I actually want to do orange. I changed my mind. That was the thing yeah. there. Oh, great. Okay. Um... Yeah. Um, and wait, am I going? Am I going? Yeah, now? you're going. I guess I am. Okay. Um, yeah. So um, I've given this a lot of thought. Um, mm-hmm. Not like preparing for this question specifically, but just over the course of my life. Um, <laughs> and I think if uh, so, in answering this question, my my strongest influence is uh, Bomberman sixty four. Um, naturally the this second attack yeah um so uh, we all went there uh-huh. yeah specifically regulus also known classic as of the genre uh-huh yeah my favorite character from this from uh, this game yeah tops every 64 um, like nintendo 64 game list for sure um truly a really a good game though like i'm not even joking about <laughs> yeah. this part i know no, it's, it's, really it's just funny <laughs> yeah um but so like my so my scheme would be like purple like super dark purple yeah um and my my element would be like like gravity you know um mm-hmm. or like you know uh purpley like dimensional like weirdness yeah and um, anime jrpg gravity spell yeah yeah i've exactly. played chrono cross unlike the two of you <laughs> Um, I have played a little bit of Chrono Trigger, um, so I'm almost there. Doesn't Um, have the element system. (laughs) Yeah, no, it doesn't. Um, So yeah, Gravity uh, is my element. Chrono Trigger's a gay game. Um, (laughs) Did you say a gay game or a great game? A great game. It is not gay. Yeah, it's not very gay. You know what game is a little bit gay? If you say Chrono Cross, Chrono Cross. I'm leaving the podcast. Uh, continue with your your car element color scheme stuff, Connor. Okay. Um, but yeah, I agree. Mortal Kombat is like kind of gay. Um, <laughs> my uh, so I think we're pretty much done here. Um, except Wait. my uh, I would my my uh, the car that I'd be named after. Is yeah. the uh, Hyundai Ionic? Um, mm. Ionic spelled I-O-N-I-Q. Um, so just to recap, we're looking at a um, a machine 
called the Ionic. Uh, with a no, I think this is super... your character's name, not the machine. Oh, okay, that's okay. Still though, Ionic. Um, we're looking at a guy named Ionic with a uh, machine with a name that is yet to be determined. Um, having a color scheme of like dark purple, uh, and then the element of gravity. Nice. Yeah. Second question. Homies, who does the kissing? Also, I don't know if this is a different vibe or not, but I've heard the variation of who tucks the homies in at night or who tucks the homies in good night. Um, and if you deem that sufficiently different, you can do that too. Should we just, should I just run down the characters in the spread, the two like documents that I put together? Yeah. Yeah. yeah let's do that. Um, Hikaru kisses the homies good night, tucks the homies in. Yes. Correct. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Um, Umi. Our whole thesis, but yeah. Yeah. Um, Umi, uh, yeah. By the end, yeah. Umi yeah, learns be- to uh, tuck the homies in, kiss them goodbye. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think it's, it's still less likely to, to... It's probably getting tucked in first often, and so not tucking in, but would tuck the homies in. Mm-hmm. Um, Fu... You're saying she's a bottom. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> Fu, uh, in the beginning, I think definitely tucks the homies in. Um, I don't know about kisses the homies. I think, I think kisses some of the homies. Mm-hmm. He's a little shy about it, and then opens a little shy. Up. Yeah. Um, yeah, Makona. Oh, um, Makona definitely tucks the, rather... the homies in. Good night. From the yeah. very beginning. Yeah, I just can't get out. Like, given the like manga version of Makona. Oh yeah. It's really messed up my image of Makona. But do you do you want me to ruin only, this yes. for you, Autumn? You missed the part where I talked about the manga. I think really I actually is. saw this on Wikipedia weeks and weeks ago and pretended not to know because I didn't want to ruin the surprise for listeners. Yeah. Um is it is it that Makona is secretly behind all this? Makona is, is, is God. Makona is the creator. It's a joke because Makona is one of the artists in Clamp, but um, <laughs> is the god who created both Earth and Sephiro and presumably other planets. Did we talk um, on the podcast about um, us finding out that all four girls in Clamp, one, lived together, two, own cats, and three, got their names changed together? Um, I think we didn't that? mention the name change part, but we did talk about the rest. But yeah, they did also change their names together. Um, one of them in English you don't notice because she changed the way it's written in in Japanese, um, but it's still pronounced the same. Um, but yeah, they all changed their name together. Seems gay. Anyway, uh, I don't think. <laughs> yeah, far be it from me to guess, but uh, seems gay. I don't. I don't know about Makona kissing the homies goodnight because it's Makona. I, it's no. a little mascot character. Yeah, no, I don't know that. Mas- I don't know that Makona kisses the homies goodnight. I. Anime version of Makona does, I think. In, like, the, like... Not in the, like, sexualized way. Um, but yeah, in I think, the, like, outpouring of affection way. I think Makona is tucked in and is kissed. And I don't think that, like, you know... I don't think Makona, like, thinks about other people enough to... <laughs> to get there, you know? Does that make sense? Yeah. So, okay, Makona's up in the air. There's debate about Makona here. Mm. 
Um, who else we got? Um, um Princess Amarad. Uh, does not in. kiss the homies goodnight. Yeah, I would don't think agree. So. Would tuck but, them in. But, yeah, I mean, um, considering she's just like her life is just constantly tucking in all of the homies. Yeah, and I, th- I every think moment. she she's like, oh, if I kiss the homies goodnight, this will make my soul impure, even if that's not true. You know. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think the only homie she wants to kiss is a goddess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but she's just um, too fucked up about that to even think about kissing any homies at all. Clef, no to either. Yeah, Clef, no. no. Um, Prisea, uh kiss the homies goodnight. Does not talk the homies in. Yeah, that's okay. Funny. Yeah. Okay. Um, Ferio thinks um, it's weird. Uh, yeah, genuinely does not know why he could who cares so much about this. Thinks it's weird. <laughs> um, I think I think Furio get, gets into it once Fu gets into it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just because he yeah. doesn't he doesn't want Fu to like think he's being uh like wet blanket. Yeah. Um, but definitely still thinks it's weird, even though he doesn't say it anymore. Because his girlfriend's doing it, so he, like, kind of has to. Mm-hmm. Um, Zagato. Um, I don't think Zagato tucks the homies in. Mm, yeah. Yeah. That one's, think, that one's a little I low. think, similar to Emerald, he has weird hangups about it. Yeah. yeah. But I think it goes the other way. I think he's more hung up about talking the homies in than he is about kissing the homies. Mm-hmm. Is the vibe? Yeah, I think he's like. I think he's like almost. Um, God, why is uh, why is the name escaping me? Zagato's minion, who transforms into the wolf. Oh, I can't remember that person's name either. Um, Inova. Inova. Zagato's like uh, almost tucking Inova in. Um. Deep within the like recesses of the castle where no one can see. Yeah. Um, so that's a slightly more complex case there. Um, Alcione? Alcione does not talk the homies. No. No, no. absolutely not. Um, I, also don't, I also don't think kisses the homies. No. Um, Ascot. Um... I will say Alcione desperately wants to be tucked in. Um, yeah. But it's not happening. Um, Ascot? Um, learns to. Learns to. Yeah. Thinks it's dumb at first, but then is like, no, this is great, actually. Uh, definitely is tucking in Caldina first. Um,. That's like the first moment where he learns. Um, yeah, when you think of the homies as Ascot's like monster friends. Oh um, yeah, yeah. I think it. I think he learns too. Um, I I would agree with Autumn. Um, Caldina uh, kisses the homies goodnight. I don't think really talks them in. Almost. Towards the end, she, might tuck some in. She's on the borderline. 
of of the yeah. of the tucking equation. I feel like she would teach the others to. She would teach Ascot to tuck the homies in, but not to kiss them. Yeah. Um, Lafarga. Um, whatever. Yeah, does not kiss the homies goodnight. <laughs> um, I think only tucks in the homies if it is like something that Amrod is asking of him. Um, or that like later Caldina is asking of him. Um, Inova. That's not really in the spirit of tucking in the homies, though. You know. Yeah, that's true. It's yeah. just saying so he doesn't do it. Yeah. Um, I don't think Enova does either. No. Um, I'm gonna skip some of like the, the monsters characters. and yeah. Um, yeah. Lantis. Um, does and this is what makes him different from Zagato. Yeah, I I think the i think lantis is one of those situations where um you are rarely in a situation where lantis will tuck you in but then mm-hmm. you're in that situation and he like will tuck you in and give you the goodnight kiss and you're like oh i didn't expect this of you and he's like yeah no i do this to oh, all yeah. of my friends this is who you were all along like oh, yeah. yeah um yeah agreed um Eagle? Um, no. I think Eagle kisses the homies goodnight. Yeah. I mean... Eagle co- kisses Geo Metro goodnight, at least. The uh, Yeah, the Autozom homies, maybe. Yeah. Um, I, like, homies defined more broadly? I'm not so sure. Of Autozom, Eagle is the one who kisses, and Geo is the one who tucks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um and I don't know Zazu enough There's to have any opinion. Right there. Yeah. Um <laughs> Yeah. Is that Geo a definitely joke? tucks. <laughs> is that where we're going here? It it is now. I didn't intend it. Um Lady Asuka um learns to. Um Yeah. Lady Asuka's like an ascot type situation where it's like they're just like kids. They're just uh-huh. kind of like learning. Like, I, I don't think they're at the level of emotional maturity where you can interrogate. Like, do they kiss the homies yet? Yeah. Like, they don't even know what that what it's all about at that point. Um, I'm skipping Songyong and Chongong. Um, Tarda. Um, I don't think Tarda mm-hmm. tucks the homies in, but might kiss them. And then Tasha's the other way around. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then who's the, who's the more sarcastic one and who's the more serious one? Um. So Tarda, Tarda is the younger one who's like yeah. fiery and. And then oh. Tatra is the. Yeah, Tatra kisses the homies. Then Debonair. Um. Come on. No. Neither. <laughs> Nova kisses the homies goodnight, but um, it is it's a bloody. It's not how you. Yeah, it's not yeah. which. It's not how you want. Well, speak for yourself. Okay. Fair. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, okay, I feel like that's it. We've gotten all the characters. Um, yeah. I'm not going to do this full same list for fast food chains, the cast of Ray Earth. Um, but okay, I. I can. The, I can. Yeah. What are the cast of Ray Earth's fast one. food chains? You may not insist that uh, anyone does not eat fast food. You must fit them to something. Um, okay. We gotta Ina's do it. Tricks. Yeah. So um, Hikaru. Hikaru likes McDonald's because he can get ice cream. Yeah. That's what she's going yeah. to McDonald's for is the blizzards. Not the blizzards mm-hmm. and the yeah. calories. 100% McDonald's. She's been like eating McDonald's Happy Meals for a long time. She's just like the the pure joy that like McDonald's brand represents <laughs> is just like deep in Hikaru's heart. Um, and uh, yeah. And then the ice cream on top of it. Yeah. Um, when the ice cream machine is broken is when Nova comes out. <laughs> Umi gets Starbucks. And if you point out that the Starbucks sandwiches honestly take even less work to cook than like the sandwiches that you would get at McDonald's, she gets extremely offended and is like, no, this is good. Umi, this isn't Umi fast food. Umi is Panera. That I think also fits in the same mold. Of like, you're just like Umi. That's not even fucking fast food. That's like fast casual. And she's like, no, that, that like, that's fast food to me. This is this is why I feel like it's more Starbucks because Umi is one hundred percent the the mom who thinks that getting the breakfast sandwich at Starbucks is better for her kids than getting the like sandwich at McDonald's, and it's really just the same shit. It's it's the same shit. It's the same shit. Um, it, it all comes out the freezer. <laughs> Yeah. Um foo. <laughs> foo. <sighs> foo loves fried chicken actually is the thing. Mm-hmm. And she has a yeah. very strong opinion about like Popeye's churches KFC. Like she has a very oh. strong opinion about this, I feel. Mm-hmm. I don't know who what that be opinion is. At a KFC. Yeah, wouldn't be caught dead at a KFC. Um, Foo is, is kind of glad when she starts dating, uh, Hikaru and Umi, because she's like, well, now I can eat at Chick-fil-A again. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Foo is Chick-fil-A. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I'm, I'm gay now, so I can, I can have the homophobic chicken, it's fine. <laughs> this is why I eat the homophobic chicken yeah. twice a week, because I'm gay. Yeah. So they, they let yeah. me. Yeah, I'm. Food, food I'm, I'm calling out Emily food. here more than you, <laughs> Autumn. <laughs> Emily is one hundred percent the. Um, oh wait, I'm a lesbian now. Sweet, I can eat Chick Fil A again. <laughs> food definitely eats at the fast food restaurant that requires like intellectual justification. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> any other characters that we want to hit? Um, um, okay, so. Caldina, um, Caldina goes to Sonic. Yeah, Caldina loves Sonic. It's kind of sad when she goes to a Sonic and they don't do the the rollerblades anymore. Yes, Um, for sure. The thing that I heard about this is is that what they do is um, um, if you're you can roller skate if you want to, but you don't have to. And most people don't want to, um, I think is, but yeah, Caldina, Caldina worked at a Sonic 
just so she could roller skate at work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. For like a summer. The happy, the Sonic Happy Hour is called Ina's shit. The Sonic Happy uh, Hour is my shit. I love that. Yeah, same. Have you ever? Okay, so this is my public service. Mm-hmm. If you ever go to Sonic, if you haven't gotten it already, get the strawberry cream slush. It is so the f- greatest beverage ever created. <laughs> it's fucking ridiculous. It's so good. It just destroys every other like fast food dessert. <laughs> it's unbelievable. And yes, my- I do go to Sonic often. I don't go to Sonic often because it's kind of a drive for me, but my my Sonic memories are when I was like five to nine. It would have been um, right before, uh, well, whatever. Anyway, from like age five to age nine, my mom, when I was five, my mom worked at this job where she would, um, she worked for the city and for she would go to these like city hall meetings that would last from like you know 6 p.m. to like 1 a.m. as they're just like doing whatever you know, managing a city every fucking week um and there was a sonic not far and so what my mom would do is she would you know she'd leave work at 4 she'd come pick me up and then she'd take me to Sonic and, she, you know, I would go sit in her office while she was at these work meetings. And they had this um, chicken sandwich on Texas toast that they haven't mm. had in 10 years. And it is like the only time in my entire life that I've like missed a fast food thing because I used to love the fucking uh, chicken sandwich on Texas toast that they had. And I would get that and a strawberry limeade. God, that sounds incredible. Um, um. I haven't. I don't know that I've ever had a limeade outside of Sonic, but I fucking love the Sonics that limeade. Yeah, I I think they have a patent on it. Uh, Do no one dares? No one. Probably not. Uh, (laughs) I just believed you. Just like no, no, no one dares to try limeade in the realm of fast food anymore. It's just so thoroughly like claimed by by Sonic. Which is um, weird because no one has a specific claim on lemonade. Like, I feel like people love the um, Chick-fil-A lemonade, but, like, I don't... There's no place that I think has, like, an, they own lemonade in the same way that, like, Sonic owns Limeade. Yeah. yeah. Chick-fil-A tries. They try to get... They they try to stake their claim on the lemonade, but they it doesn't work. I used to watch a YouTuber who would just, like... He would just be like, because he's a southerner, and he did a video that was like, I'm just going to go to all the fast food places and, like, rank the lemonade, and I'm going to do it with the sweet tea, um, shit like that. And I think Chick-fil-A came out, like, third on his list when I was watching this. So, Chick-fil-A, like, good, but not, like, you know, the the upper echelon. Yeah. Um, Ascot Burger King. Uh, Ascot Burger King? I was going to say Atlantis Burger King. No, I think Ascot specifically likes Burger King because Ascot only ever gets chicken tenders and thinks that the Burger King ones are the best. Okay, fair enough. So I, I was going to say Lantis Burger King because it, it's it's quick. I feel like Burger King is the forgotten, like, it's often the forgotten chain um, because it's just so similar to McDonald's, but it's like, it, it has a hard time being distinct. Um but like there, I feel like their versions of like the various standard items 
are often like much better than people think. It's just like no one thinks to go to Burger King and get like a spicy chicken sandwich, but their yeah. spicy chicken sandwich is like really fucking good. And that to me is Lantis being like, oh, you just are like completely like unremarkable on the surface and no one knows what to make of you. But then like, yeah, you kind of have like heart. There's See, like some depth there. I, I almost went with Wendy's, but for, for similar reasons that like, yeah. that Lantis has a great appreciation for the four for four as like a fast food meal. He thinks it's like, oh, it's the perfect blend of like cost and like you get food good food i think that's why he goes for to wendy's specifically you know is he likes you know he he thinks there's a perfection of form to the wendy's <laughs> yeah. yeah so the, for me the wendy's the the wendy's designation boils down to one question and that is which of these characters do we think gets a fucking baked potato at a fast food restaurant <laughs> or chili <laughs> or chili like, that either seems or. like lantis it's the me. same person <laughs> yeah lantis, About, lantis like, is if getting you can the, answer that lantis is getting the chili who. and putting it in the baked potato <laughs> <laughs> and it's like you yeah. should really try it i'm trying to expand <laughs> your food palette here Every time he does this, Umi looks like Umi looks at him like he murdered a dog. <laughs> She's like, "What the fuck is that?" He could hear, "How are you dating this fucking trash?" <laughs> um, what were you gonna say about Lafarga? Lafarga goes to Subway. Oh God. <laughs> um. No. Th- yeah, that's good. Um, yeah. Um. Uh, and, Inova uh, Taco Bell. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. Yeah. yeah. Inova goes to Taco Bell because you can get like sixty <laughs> things for like twelve bucks, <laughs> yeah. and he turns into a wolf and he just like fucking yeah. goes to town. <laughs> Emerald. Okay. Emerald goes to Sabaro because like ninety nine percent of the time she's just like represses everything, and that one percent of the time she just fucking like <laughs> unleashes. <laughs> It's also great because Sabaro is like... Yeah, that's what Sabaro is. Sabaro just always feels old to me in a way that, like, Emerald <laughs> just feels timeless. Like, Sabaro has existed for Ea. <laughs> Emerald, like, literally goes to the fucking mall just to get Sabaro and just, like, just goes down the line. <laughs> just, like, um, give me one of everything. I'm so fucking over it. <laughs> Just give me one of every fucking Sabaro item. And um, she just goes into the corner of the food court and just like, just is like, don't look at me. <laughs> Zagato uh, is just trying to be with Emerald all the time. So he also goes to the food court and mostly what he likes is Orange Julius. But then he also goes to whatever the chicken teriyaki place is and just gets a plate to like have some <laughs> He like, yeah, he, he goes to Panda Express. Yeah, he goes yeah. to Panda Express. He's like, "No, I don't need anything." And then, like, while she's ordering, he's like, "Oh yeah, I got you know just double orange yeah. chicken and some fried rice. You know, nothing." <laughs> yeah, he goes to not Panda much, Express. He's like, snack. "I'm really not that hungry." And then he just like has like three pounds of food somehow. I've been that person. You you have to get the the crab rangoons. Like, what the fuck are you doing if you don't get the crab rangoons? <laughs> <laughs> 
They asked me if I wanted to add on another scoop of fried rice for like 50 cents. Of course I'm going to do it. Would you like another pound of food for two cents while you're here? Yes? Okay. Just throw it in the bag. Don't even use it. And then he opens up the fortune cookie and he gets like really serious about whatever it says. <laughs> the whole reason he went is he just wanted the fortune cookie. Um, um where where does where Eagle. does Furio go? Oh, oh Fario, Fario. We can round out the like first season people. Where does Fario yeah. go? Um, if Fario might one. also be like. So Hikaru wants to go to McDonald's to get a McFlurry, and he, Fario is always weirdly like, "No, we should go to fucking Dairy Queen. Their blizzards are way better yeah. than McFlurries." Yeah. Like he's like weirdly snooty about fucking Dairy Queen of all things, because <laughs> he's yeah. also only here to get fucking ice cream because he's a child. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And then Hikaru is like, "But sometimes I also just like to get the fries, like." You know, if I need yeah. a little bit of extra food. Um, and they're just fries aren't as good at Dairy Queen. And he's like, well, we're going to get ice cream. That's what we're supposed to do right now is go get ice cream. <laughs> so we're and going to Dairy Queen. <laughs> if you want some extra food, you can get a fucking hot dog. <laughs> yeah. Furio gets the hot dogs at Dairy Queen just to, like, <laughs> piss everybody off. Furio? He just buys one for everybody. And then he, like, sits there and, like, expects you to eat it. And he gets offended if you don't. Fario's in the car on the road trip. Like, we're just stopping for ice cream, and everybody else is like, We haven't eaten in like eight hours. And he's like, Yeah, we're stopping for ice cream. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Fario's Dairy Queen. Fario for sure asks Fu to get him some of the homophobic chicken when she goes. <laughs> <laughs> he's uh, like, I'm really excited that I'm dating a bi girl now. So <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm grandfathered again. in here. I've got I've got cover to eat Chick Fil A now. Um, Eagle. Um, Eagle's also kind of a tough one. Um, yeah. Can I say Meineke? <laughs> Can I say Jiffy Lube? <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> we're not talking about the fanfic we're oh. talking about what fast food yeah e- eagle is <laughs> i feel like i don't know why but i feel like eagle what's like a fast food place that would have good vegetarian options oh um, chipotle and everybody else is like this is not fast food <laughs> <laughs> it's like it barely take. it's like a subway you all go with Lafarga to Subway. We can go to, to Chipotle. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's $6 more than Subway does. <laughs> if you but eat it's Chipotle, better food. <laughs> Eagle, okay. Yeah, Eagle's just like, oh, my stomach's really sensitive. Like, I need, like, fresh food all the time. Eagle. <laughs> and I think Chipotle is fresh food. They're really good with, um, like ingredients for allergy sensitive individuals um you're like yeah. are you allergic to anything you always <laughs> like well not that i know of but like you know better be safe than sorry also yeah. eagle is constantly like well you know if you didn't get any meat on there you could get guac for free <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, e- Eagle's like trying to negotiate with the people at Chipotle. <laughs> <laughs> um, Nova. Uh, I think. Uh, I think that. Do we miss anybody? I mean, there's Nova. Where does Nova go? Nova goes to like whatever the fucking like most hardcore like. <laughs> Like, are you, oh, are you seriously going there type of thing? You know what? Nova goes to Hardee's. I was going to say Arby's. <laughs> oh, Those are the same no, thing to Arby's, me, even though they're yeah. not. <laughs> okay, this, I could see Arby's. I see Nova going to, like, Hardee's and just getting, like... The identity of Hardee's in my mind is just... I don't know if they do this anymore, but when I was a kid, their whole thing was just, like, Okay, what if every other burger restaurant, but like times three, and we just, they would do these like massive, massive burgers that were just like, not like, not advisable (laughs) from (laughs) a health standpoint. Um, I see Nova just going in and just being like, this is just my raw, like untapped, like, (laughs) R- hatred and rage. I'm going to Hardee's. Uh, Nova goes to Five Guys, gets everything on the burger, gets a large fry, and eats it to herself. Yeah, she just the- stares down the poor worker at Five Guys, trying to put every ingredient on this fucking burger. She just stares and she, at him. And she gets a milkshake. <laughs> and soda. Um... Nova goes to Five Guys, and there's that sign that's like, please don't take the peanuts out of here because there are individuals that are allergic to peanuts. And she's like, I'm going to take these peanuts out of here because it's going to be fucked up if I do. She starts like sm- like breaking them on the table. And just like the shells scatter all over the table. Um, Eagle gets very offended by this. Because what if someone's allergic to peanuts? He's not, but I mean, he could be. <laughs> Yeah. In fact, he's actually kind of feeling a little bit like itchy right now. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I think that I think we've gotten the big ones that I would want to touch on. Yeah. Um, Debonair, I just I don't know what fast food chain just like even even more just symbolizes pure hatred <laughs> um, and like nihilism. Then <laughs> um, Hardee's. Uh, there's got to be one I'm forgetting. Um, we've already used Subway. No, so I think I think Debonair. I think Debonair specifically prefers Carl's Jr. Even though it's the same thing, um, <laughs> just because I always as- associate Carl's Jr. with that Paris Hilton ad where she like is naked, oh. or half naked, eating a burger or whatever. Um, I know that's what it very is. Debonair. I know- I know what it is. What it's is it? It's Long John Silver's. <laughs> no, that's what it White is. Castle. <laughs> um, just it is. Like, it's White the, Castle. Yeah. If you live in the South, it's Crystal, which is even worse somehow. <laughs> um, yeah, it's White Castle. They're open twenty four hours just because they're they're that hateful. They just want to like just <laughs> spread as much hate into the world as they can. They can never stop. Every that, time you enter a White exactly Castle, right. it's like entering the underside of Sephira. <laughs> it's always around you. You just you just don't know it um, until you're in the emotional space 
to be taken in. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I feel bad for suggesting Subway because Subway, like, Subway's grasping at meaning. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, Subway is, like, is not nihilism. Subway is, like, <laughs> trying to gra- try, is trying to grasp at some sort of meaning. Um, so, I yeah, that wasn't I, fair to Subway. I have never um, eaten White Castle in a state where I did not just deeply hate myself. <laughs> <laughs> That's the true. only time. The only times I've ever been like, "Let's get White Castle," has been when I just don't want to have a body anymore. <laughs> I, I feel yeah. the same way, and I've only eaten White Castle once in my life when I was eleven years old. <laughs> yeah, so I got I've sick. never, I've never eaten White Castle, but again, in like in the South, it's like Crystal. It's just a stand-in. It's basically the exact same restaurant. Yeah. I gather. Um, and I can, yeah, uh, just by way of confirming that, like, the only emotion that you can feel when you're holding, like, a sack full of 24 Crystal or White Castle burgers is just utter self-hatred. There's no other emotion that accompanies that, like, that moment. Um, other than, I guess, some, like, just sheer, like, visceral disgust. Um, so, okay. Yeah, I think we, I think we, we, that was pretty comprehensive. Yeah. Speaking Um, of, um, visceral disgust, um, I'm going to bring in the next beer here. That's okay. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Um, so this is kind of, I'll, I'll keep it short for you, Autumn, because I know you, Mm -hmm. uh, you're not super into like, you know, these very intellectual beer reviews. Um, no, 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 no. I, I'm I'm much more in like tune. I'm ready for the beer reviews now. Okay, so um, next on the docket is Michelob Ultra. Um, I feel like the timeline is a little bit weird here because I make reference to this Ultra in our Utena recordings, mm-hmm. um, which are not out yet um, for the listeners. Um, if you're listening right now. But this yeah. McUltra, my mom visited me like, I don't know, six, seven months ago, um, which is why I have McUltra. Um, she didn't drink all of them, which was extremely uh, offensive. She left them in my refrigerator. Um, <laughs> and I've just been like trying to, um, I've just been struggling with their existence since then, basically. Um Unable to like really take any action to uh, take them out of my, throw them away, or like take them out of my fridge. I've just been paralyzed. Um, so now I'm finally ready to um, to do something about this. I figured I would, you know, um, use this as a pretext. So this is a Mick Ultra. It's been sitting in my fridge for about seven months, six seven months. Oof. Um, it's. Um, it does say it's a superior light beer. Um, <laughs> that remains to be seen. Uh, I'll be the judge of that. Uh, it is 4.2. So, uh, again, just right uh, right in line there with our previous two entries. Um, what's intriguing is that there's only 2.6 carbs um, and 95 calories. Uh, so that's, that's deeply meaningful. Yeah, yeah, that's that's, that's, deeply yeah. that's a point. 
Um, okay. Uh, it doesn't smell toxic. I'm just always impressed by how big of swigs Connor takes. Mm. Or did I just lose internet here? <laughs> Damn, no, he's going no. for it, huh? <laughs> yeah. Um, there is like a... Okay. There's... For the most part, it's it's okay. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There is this like deep, deeply unpleasant, um, like on, on the back end of of the taste. There's a very there's this deeply unpleasant like um, pseudo like rubbing alcohol uh, aspect. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not quite that bad, but. Um, it just like there's just a chalkiness um like in astringency uh that just covers your whole tongue um and it it takes me back to like when I was like whatever fifteen because my mom's been drinking Mc McUltra for like a while now um it takes me back to when I was like fifteen and i I didn't drink and uh, I like stole a McUltra out of the fridge or whatever and tried to drink it and was just like, okay, I'm not going to drink again for another three years. Um, <laughs> so that might be coloring my rating. Um, <laughs> but even so, even accounting for that bias, this is a three. Um, or this is like third place. Um, Currently. It just, yeah, <clears throat> this is last. Um, it's it's not good. Um, you can get by. I mean, if you're in a pinch, you can drink this, but it's not something to seek out ever. Um, just in case you were thinking about it, um, I, I wouldn't. Yeah. Um, all right. Shall we return to uh, Ina's question? Yeah, so the the final one here, I don't know. I'm not going to read a ton of this because I'm assuming neither of you have played the regular video games. Um, no. I've I've played a little bit of the Sega Saturn one and the SNES one. Um, I haven't gotten super far. Um, some interesting things that, that you know, pulls out here. Um, so, you know... Um, Obviously, Ray Earth is pulling from JRPG aesthetics, and so it's kind of interesting to see it like recursively adapted back into JRPGs. Um, and that obviously the parts where they stumble the most is the ending, where um, sort of the JRPG like tropes kind of get pulled out, and there's the, all the stuff around the tragedy of Everod. Um, and then none of the games seem to adapt past the the like Ray Earth one stuff. Um, other than I know that like um, Nova and the Regalia show up in the Super Robot War stuff, but I have no idea what they do with that material. Um, I'll probably throw in the 16-bit rendition of the the OP somewhere in here. Um, also, there's a song from the the um, we don't have to do like a three, two, one countdown here, but the Ray Earth 
Sega Saturn game um, has this absolute jam for uh, the very beginning where you're walking around Tokyo Tower, um, and it's incredible. I'm just going to send in the chat. Um, <clears throat> this is just great. Let me... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, if you skip ahead a little bit with this video I sent, but... God, this song's so good. Um, anyway, yeah, I, I have played a little bit of... I think the Sega Saturn one would be the one that I would actually play through first, but um, yeah, I might check out some of the other ones. <clears throat> when I first played through these, I don't know if there were actually that good of fan translations of some of them, um, but uh, yeah, those stuff just keep coming out, so I might check some of the other ones out. Um, shall we move on to Juo's email? Mm-hmm. 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 Okay. I, am, I am very impressed that Ina, like, was committed enough to go play, like, the Rare game, like, Sega game. Um, yeah. Way more effort than I put into this podcast, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's more effort than I put in as well. So, um, like, just a lot of, I, I'm just, I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> thank you, Ina. Um... So Joao says, uh, there's two questions here. Uh, one, which VTuber each Raygirth girl would be into? I'm going to rely on you a lot here, Autumn. Um, I this don't know is the only calling are. I've ever had in life. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so Hikaru? Hikaru. Okay. I'm going to limit myself to Halloween girls because I don't know um, girls from other like. Yeah, you're not Olivia. <laughs> yeah, Olivia is more of a VTuber girl. Um, Olivia is not even as in deep as like two other people I know who like watch. As far as I know, Olivia just watches Halloween. Um, other people I know are like, no, I'm really into Niji Sanji or whatever. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so in front of me right now, I have the wiki for Niji Sanji with their roster, and mm-hmm. I was just gonna like do a rapid react like based I, on the I, picture I, alone. I probably know some of these girls, but yeah, hit me. Hit me with hit me with some anime girls. All I uh, so so Hikaru is Kuroi Shiba, um, who's just a a Shiba Inu. <laughs> 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 um, I think. Uh, let's see. Um, I think uh, Umi likes uh, Ryu Shen. Um, who I'm choosing because uh, they look the most like her sparring partner um, or the captain of the fencing team or whatever. Um, Fu likes Belmont Banderas because that's clearly like her thing. Uh, <laughs> roguish, like tacky street mm-hmm. dudes. Mm-hmm. Um Oh, to, to be fair to Belmond, I'm making some assumptions. I don't really know his, his you know, his character or his anything about him. Um, yeah. Let's see. We're only uh, doing the three girls. Oh, I'm good. All right, we're I'm yeah. Good. You're good. Back to you. <laughs> I don't know any um, of those girls, but I know Hollow Ian a little bit more as well. So, who are Hollow Ian girls? We've got 
uh, Ninomai Inani, Gargura, uh, Kalaipe Mori, Takanashi Kiara, and um, Amelia Watson. Um, and then there are the new girls who I don't know very well. But I think Hikaru watches Guda. That's no question in my mind. They're the same yeah. person. Um, she loves Guda. Um, I think... Umi watches um, Calliope, despite um, Ferio's constant objections that the rapping is cringe. She just really likes Calliope. Um, and I think that Fu watches... Um, actually, I do I do think Fu watches one of the new girls. I think she watches Ceres Fauna, because Ceres does a lot of... Um, uh, ASMR videos and Fu just is into ASMR and doesn't really know what VTubers are. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I will just say Hikaru and Umi are both very invested in Okokoro being real. Um, mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. Question two Would your reading of the show be different if the whole show was actually cars being magical girls instead of characters named after cars? Not, um, not at all. <laughs> None whatsoever. If only we would uh, be doing some sort of anime that might include some section where cars are magical girls and magical girls are cars. Um, anyway, yeah, no. If that was the only change, I would still be like, yep, this is still a great show. <laughs> would it still be your favorite show? Um, probably. If everything else yeah. was the same. Yeah. Imagine if imagine if Ray Earth was just like Ray Earth but also Red Line. <laughs> yeah, that would be great. Yeah, you'd fucking love that. Um Connor, how are you doing on shitty light beer reviews? Um we're well underway over here. Um looks like I have two more on the docket here. Um so I think I'm going to go with um, Coors Light the number one seed Um, Hmm. what I was expecting to be uh, number one this is pretty much my go to most of the time Um, I will will drink PBR if it's available um, over Coors Light Um, don't ask me why but, uh, PBR is my favorite. It has a unique quality. It's mm-hmm. unlike a lot of other shitty beers. It does. I think PBR is just a thing where um, there's an emotional attachment there. Again, I don't know why. Yeah, because um, you love Blue Velvet so much. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what it is. Perhaps Blue. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, what a great endorsement for, for PBR. Um, <laughs> but... Um, yeah, anyway, so enough about PBR. PBR is not being ranked today. Um, Coors Light. Uh, it's, you know, I got to say the Coors Light can. Um, not as appealing as uh, the Bud Light or the Miller. Um, it is a little better than the Michelob. Michelob is just like... Michelob does not have a lot of design. Um, yeah. they're trying to, I think they're trying to create like, you know, the illusion of like 
sleekness and thinness by not having like a lot of it, it's a very like <clears throat> um simplistic label with not a lot on it um so but it but it sucks um so you know Quizlet is beating them but it's just not um it's very industrial looking um it's it's not well organized um the fonts like they they clash uh and neither one of them really works that well i think you know cores tried to do that thing with the um cans that change color and i think that is like them kind of admitting like their weakness um yeah they with, like a gimmick a yeah exactly they so they they know that this is a weak point it's totally evident um i mean this one is like <laughs> It's just gaudy. It's they're they're grasping at straws here. I mean, the one can I have? It has like a pair of aviators on it, just randomly on the side. Why? Um, and in the aviators, it's just written like chill, like C H in the left lens, and then like I L L in the right lens. Yeah. Um, they're just they're so clearly just grasping at straws. It's almost kind of sad. Um. So I'm going to stop looking at the can now um, and just drink this beer. Um, I love how long you drink for. It's always (laughs) long enough that I get really scared that my internet went out at that exact moment. Yeah, I'm definitely not doing that intentionally. <clears throat> um, so are you doing the thing where you like poke a hole in the bottom of the can and you put it up to your mouth and then you pop the top and then you just let it all drain in and that's why it takes so long? No, no, I'm I'm drinking it like from the designated the you know, the top part. Okay. Just um, wanted to check. No, yeah, no. I'm not not shotgunning over here. This is a serious process. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm really evaluating this this beer. Um, um, I gotta say, this is kind of in between the uh, Miller and the Bud Light. Mm. It's um, whereas the Miller was like a lot more muted um, and a lot less uh, punchy with carbonation. Um, this still has a little bit of like the foamy aspect to the carbonation, mm-hmm. not as much as the Bud Light, um, and kind of by the same token, like it has a little bit of that sweetness again, not as much as the Bud Light, um, but a little more than the Miller Light. Um, this is a very middle of the road beer. Um, I think I'm starting to see like understand the triangulation happening between these three brands. Um, this one is just firmly halfway. Um, it's it's like when you first drink it. <laughs> every time I take my first sip, I think this is behind Miller Lite. But then when I finish the sip, I'm like, okay, this is this neck and neck. Um, not gonna lie though. It, um, 
I think Miller Lite edges out Coors Light here, um, giving us a, uh, a standing ranking of uh, Miller 1, Coors 2, Bud Light 3, McUltra 4. Uh, with one more, uh, with one more contestant remaining. Um, so somewhat of an upset here. Um, was not expecting a lot from the Miller, uh, but it's, um, yeah, it's really roared ahead here. Um, so yeah. All right. right. So, um, Brandy Carlisle in these silent days. This was a bad idea. Because <laughs> I did actually... So, I did a... Regs and I went and did a hot singles like bonus episode yesterday. There's mostly basketball talk. The first uh, 45 minutes, I want to say, 
we talked about um, Brandy Carlisle and the Killers and just music I've been listening to, not so quite so formally as we normally do on Hot Singles. And um, I really wanted to talk about Brandy Carlisle and like the most, you know, wanted to be coherent for it. (laughs) (laughs) I feel less than coherent, but... I, th- I think In the Silent Days is a great album. Um, I do not think it is Brandy Carlisle's best album, but I, I think it is fucking great, and it is, like, reinvigorated my love of music in some ways recently. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think that she is a fucking remarkable songwriter. Um, the The... the the clarity and the insight that she like sees into herself with um and sees into like her relationships in her life um just combined with like like there's the the lyricism and like how she constructs like the lyrics of the song but i also think that like everything else is there too she's like an incredible singer and i think she's an incredible like songwriter in the way that like the verses and the choruses and the melodies and the you know all that um i just i just think she's great and i think that like you know there is something to be said for in you know six years putting out three albums and i think all of them are fucking incredible you know yeah um yeah i mean i've basically been listening to this album on repeat for the last i guess it's only been a week um it feels so much longer it feels like i've been living with this album for a decade (laughs) (laughs) um I'm realizing that it was literally last Monday when I had like an extreme fever and you texted me that there was a new Brandy Carlisle album and I listened mm-hmm. to it with a fever. Um, <laughs> and that was literally just a week ago. So that was midway through me working six days in a row. And um, that is why it feels like it's been a decade. <laughs> um, yeah, this in particular, this album, uh, like so much of, country for me is like really the the vocalist and like the their ability to not just sing well but like really pour a lot of emotion in their singing is like what makes or breaks country for me mm-hmm. um and this album in particular just like really her voice is so on display in this um mm-hmm. and like i mm-hmm. feel like everything in this album is just like supporting that performance. Um, And so, yeah, it's the part that's like hit me the most is just how much this album has like, I think really figured out how to like put her singing um, and like spotlight it and and, um, like really show all, all of what it is, which is great. Um, This is the reason Yeah, this is like part of the reason I compared um, Right on Time to a Bowie song is that like when Bowie does ballads, he like the the songs are constructed to be about like the way that he like like swings his voice all over the place in this, you know, um, 
crooner-esque. Yeah, crooner-esque, thank yeah. you. Yeah. I was like, is that the word? I think that's the word. Anyway. Yeah. Um, and similarly, like, she has a very different voice, but I felt like right on time is, like, constructed to show off, like, the things that her voice can do um, in a yeah. just beautiful way. <clears throat> um. Yeah. Um, so I, I'll say at the outset that <clears throat> I never listened to Brandy Carlisle before today. Uh, <clears throat> when I listened to this album a few times, like, um, preparing for this episode. Um, so I can't like comment on, um, this album in relation to like her past work or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I thought it was a really interesting and obviously like enjoyable, um, album. I think what surprised me is, um, Neve, you referred to it as like country, and I know she has like like some roots in country music. Um, and this is not to like take country mm-hmm. away from her or mm-hmm. whatever. Um, but I felt like stylistically, this album is like I I don't know if I would describe it primarily as country. Like to me, it's like somebody took Court and Spark era Joni Mitchell, and then just like smashed it together with big star um which is great like (laughs) um isn't it that's an amazing combination um but in terms of like the um like first of all the production um what i think is interesting like what really elevates this album for me beyond just like oh, like, here's another, like, indie folk rock country, like, album, Mm -hmm. is I was surprised by the level of, like, detail and dynamism in it. Um, Again, like, I'm coming to this not having, like, listened to any of her other work, which I'm sure I wouldn't be surprised if I had. Um, But the, like, uh, the rhythm section, for example, like, the bass and the drums are, like much more dynamic um like with ballads a lot of the time you just have like because mm-hmm. the nature of how they're constructed like they're uh like deprioritizing like the rhythm section um because like you don't want to distract from like you know the you're, you're centering like the vocalist and the lyricism and all that um but i thought what's one of the things that was interesting about this album to me is that like the production does a really good job of like uh, conveying like the dynamism and like the intricacy of some of, and the power of like some of these rhythm section parts, even on like, like throughout the entire range of like, you know, she has some like more like charging, like rock songs. Um, and like, and through like the ballads, um, and uh that level of detail like uh was was really enjoyable um i also think like when i was listening to it for the second time i because i listened to it for the first time and i was like oh my god like this album is really like i've just come away from this with like a profound sense of comfort um and i think like the way the album is constructed um 
it's like on one hand you have this kind of like so much of the performance is this like technical virtuosity um not only like with her voice which is like of course unbelievable um and like which she shows off like the range and the capability um but like instrumentally as well like um like the layering of the of the guitarist for example like mm. the interplay is incredibly like intricate and also catchy mm-hmm. um and like the whole thing like combined with like you know the detail of the production um it, it just conveys this like amazing virtuosity which in turn is like oh yeah this all feels very like controlled in a good way um and uh like on top of that i felt like the lyricism um the conflicts like i I don't think all the conflicts are resolved um but what's interesting about the lyrics to me is that like um so much of it seems to be presented like she's writing a lot of these songs about like herself and then like various women that she loves either like Mm -hmm. friends or like um you know like romantic partners or whatever past or like current her wife um but the conflicts never feel like um oppressive um it feels like that she has this like emotional clarity that is freeing um that like uh, I've seen the album advertised a lot as like oh she wrote this in like in the woods in quarantine and this is like like a quarantine like album and listening to it I was like yeah this is like I can see that because this is an album that is like I want to get like this is an album that could give back like a sense of like control and comfort because of the way that Mm -hmm. it like like works through it's presented from the standpoint of like here i have this clarity on like this incredibly powerful clarity on these like emotional conflicts and there's a sort of like distance and control um that like is um again like really it doesn't diminish like the um the poignancy of it um and it's like deeply felt obviously um but it's also like you're not just like mired in it um and uh that combined with like just the immense like control and virtuosity of like the performance mm-hmm. um just gives this like really comforting like sense which i thought is like i don't know I, that's what i found really intriguing um the first like through the first few listens yeah um responding to like that immediately too like one of the the lines and it is just like a single line but that that stand that stood out to me and i think this album is littered with lines like this but this one especially stands out because it also is the line that refers to the title of the song that's also the title of her memoir which is uh, only broken horses know to run and the the songs broken horses and that's also the title of her memoir that was released this year um and it it is this thing of like 
there are moments on this album that seem to really be talking about like difficult relationships, but also with this sense of like knowing what to do, even if what to do is getting out of it or um, looking back on it and, and like reflecting in some way or, or all of these elements of it um, that, yeah, I like, I agree with that, that point you were making about this um, having the sense of clarity that, um, I think really helps even when it's like talking about more difficult relationships. It is mm-hmm. not, um, it's not like mired in it in the same way um, that some, some other works might be. Um, I, it was interesting to me that you're like surprised that I referred to this as country. Cause it's just so firmly what country is to me, but like, mm-hmm. I mean, my favorite country musician is, nico case who also plays around a lot with genre and i think it's like for me it's just what this alt country space is doing um in a way where i also still like deeply appreciate dolly parton who also still played around with genre some um, mm-hmm. but it's like maybe more like a certain traditional this is what country is um yeah i mean yeah i like the um the other album i've been listening to like I've been listening to this. I've been listening to St. Cloud by Waxahachie, which I've been like listening to a bunch. And then I've just been listening to like a best of Tanya Tucker that I had when I was a kid. <laughs> Those are the three albums I've been listening to. And like the Waxahachie record, I think is also a country record and like not identifiably so in any way. Um, unless you like are in the know on like the history of like, you know, from Lucinda Williams to, you know, what Waxahachie is, you know? Yeah. Um, for, I, for me, this is a, what so, so much of the hot singles was about. So I don't know how much I'm going to just reiterate it here, but like, I, in some ways, this album highlights to me one that I fucking love country music. Like I love what this is. Yeah. And two, that it like, it, the definition of a, of that is so much more expansive than I think a lot of people understand it to be. Um, I said it in a pretty different way on um, Hot Singles where I was like, oh, maybe like Roots music is like a better descriptor of like the thing that I'm talking about. And I feel, no, country music is a specific thing in a lot of ways. It is also related to a lot of other things. And that like the specific thing that country music is, I think is like, a lot bigger than what people immediately recognize it as, I guess. So Yeah. And especially what like this specific mainstream like this is what the the hot singles with me talking about Nico Case I was getting into too is just that like I really liked country when I was a kid and then had all this cultural baggage around country and what that said about me and the like kind of rural poverty Mm. poverty that i grew up in that i spent a lot of time trying to distance myself from that um and that it was specifically listening to nico case that kind of um was able to like get me back into this mindset of like no like i kind of i had this push against country and then because I was kind of avoiding it, all I was hearing was this like very mainstream country sound um, that wasn't speaking to any of my experiences. 
And then it was listening to Nico Case, which has like, like she has some gender fuckage going on in songs. Um, also, you know, specifically in, in some of the songs talking about like the realities of poverty in a city. Um, and that city also specifically being Chicago, the city that I was listening to while listening to it was just like, what was making me realize that like, I do actually have a lot of affection for this and that it can speak to something that's so much larger than like, um, I hate my ex-wife and I'm driving a truck or whatever, <laughs> which is like kind of what like mainstream country vibe yeah. is. Or I, I hate my husband and I'm driving a truck or whatever, yeah. which and I a slightly more identify with, but also in any don't. event, the truck is indispensable. Yeah, the truck is indispensable. <laughs> the The country road is indispensable in this way that um, I don't actually think is necessarily true for like the broader genre. Um, and I'm a person who um, is maybe a little more, a little warmer on a lot of like radio country music than I think um, anyone I know is. Um, <laughs> and I still hate most of it um sam hunt really got to me i really love sam hunt um despite my best intentions um but like most radio country is bad it's just a a few good artists are like starting to peek through more not more often yeah you know your chris stapleton's of the world your sturgill Um, simpsons like end up on the radio sometimes but um yeah, and for me too, listening to um, In These Silent Days, for me, was also this balm where the new Casey Musgraves album has come out. A lot of people like <sighs> it. I don't. Um, it's not It's not what I want from her. And I say this as someone who really likes Golden Hour. I think Golden Hour is a fantastic album. Also, super love Same Trailer, Different Park, which is like just... Mm-hmm country <laughs> it's just yeah. country um I, golden hour is the one that's like kind of mixing stuff and becoming this breakout success um and for me starcross is just taking it to this level where i can still hear some of the country in it but it is so clearly playing towards an audience that doesn't want her to be country if that yes. makes sense there uh, there casey musgraves has a huge audience of people who say i don't normally listen to country music but i like casey musgraves and Starcrossed feels like her pivoting toward, well, now you don't have to listen to country anymore. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, also, which, like, Cherry Blossom is an embarrassing fucking song. Oof. <laughs> oh. Oof. Anyway. <laughs> My favorite one is always going to be... Um, I mean, I think Same Trailer, Different Park, and Pageant Material are just good albums. Uh, I like songs from Golden Hour. Um but I I don't love the whole thing. But um, even though I think I think same trailer different park is a better album. My favorite one is the Casey Christmas album. Um, it yeah. is goofy <laughs> and dumb. <laughs> uh, sometimes that's what you want. <laughs> um, I I just pulled up the. Uh, Wikipedia article for Starcrossed um, as I was like talking about this and I just want to read this I'm going to do this with you 
Um, she described Starcrossed as chronicling a modern tragedy, taking influences from Romeo and Juliet, the famous play by English playwright William Shakespeare, and cited mm. Bill Withers, Daft Punk, um, Said, or is it Sadie? Uh, Eagles. I think it's Sod. Sod. Um, Eagles. Oh, wow. Oh, and wow. Weezer. She threw Weezer in there. As their musical references for this album. Holy Fucking shit. Weezer. Did you skip over the part where um, I guess she had a divorce? Oh, yeah. It is a. People do consider it a divorce. I mean, album. you'd have to to start listening to Weezer. Um, the, the dots are all connecting here. This is the biggest thing for me, though, with Starcrossed is that it is supposed to be this like critics talk about it as this divorce album. Um, I listen to the lyrics and some of the best Casey Musgrave songs for me, I think, can have these very simple lyrics that are like hitting at something core um, that like feel like they can actually cut at something. And the lyrics on Starcross just feel so like flat. Yeah, like it 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 just feels bad. Like it it's not like actually hitting at anything for me. It's just God. I, I keep thinking about like the other thing is that I hit Cherry Blossom and I was just done with the album. And it's I I want to like try and give it a little bit more time, but it is just so hard for me because it, well, it what, just what's so, yeah. What's so bad about this song? As someone who hasn't listened to it. <laughs> Um, what's so bad about this song is she says, uh, she sings Tokyo wasn't built in a day while some, um, like kind of generic traditional Japanese, uh, instrumentation in the background does a little traditional Japanese sound. Um, uh, uh, <laughs> yeah go on <laughs> i feel like that says it yeah it is um, it is a bad song to begin with and then she says um tokyo wasn't built in a day as generic asian music plays yeah it was already a bad song before that happens before yeah. it gets and racist question mark racist period yeah <laughs> um so yeah it, it was just i had listened to that being like oh there's a new casey musker's album and people said it was good and i listened to it and i was like fuck this and then i had a fever and you told me that there was a new um brandy carlisle album and i listened to it and i was like there we fucking go this is what yeah. i needed this is <laughs> an actual fucking alt country album <laughs> and and this is also um, this same week. Um, the Killers put out. Um, no, no, no. This was a couple weeks ago. But the Killers put out Pressure Machine, which is also maybe an alt country album. Depends on like how close you think Bruce Springsteen is to like country music. But like, I think like the Killers are like bridging the gap between those two things on on Pressure Machine. I think Pressure Machine's really good. I don't think it's as good as in in, in these silent days, but I think Pressure Machine's very good. And there are like 
some songs that like cut me to the core in the same way that um in these silent days does um have any final thoughts no i don't uh i don't think so i've totally lost track of like where we are in the podcast which part are we doing which segment is this talking about brandy carlisle okay cool (laughs) (laughs) cool um we're we're ending that we're wrapping that part up um and we're about to move into this bonus email i think um but before Um, we do that um should i do my final beer here uh, yeah do your final beer okay so i saved this one for last um this one's like I, i knew going in this one was the the wild card in the group um so don't really know what to expect um so here we have Milwaukee's Best Light. Uh, I've never had this beer before. I have no idea what to expect. Um, it, other than, you know, the images that uh, Milwaukee evokes in my mind, um, which I will not, uh, are neither here nor there. Um, so uh, first couple comments on the can. Um this one is just, it's, it's not great. Um, I, I'm, I'm already getting a little pessimistic looking at it. So basically there's a shield type, you know, logo. Um, uh, it says Milwaukee's in like 10 point font, best in like 30 point font, and then light in like 16 point font. Um, so I'm already disoriented here. Uh, and then it's just a simple, like, rap style, like, stripe going down, um, you know, uh, from uh, bottom left corner to top right hand corner. Um, blue stripe, uh, metal, metal can with some, like, LaCroix style, just, like, shit all over it. Um, you know what I mean. Uh... This is 4.1%. Um, so our first deviation in terms of alcohol content. Um, and I'll just, um, I'll just get on with it. Oh, um, <laughs> I just smelled this and I don't know if this is going to turn out well. Um, oh. Ugh. Yeah, this is deeply troubling. Yeah. Um I you know I'm reviewing light beers here, you know, I'm not I I embrace the like shittiness of the shitty light beer. Um, <laughs> so I'm not here to you know, I'm not trying to be cruel or um unduly yeah. disparaging. Um I would love for Milwaukee's best light to be like an underrated gem. Mm. Nothing. I would love nothing more uh, <laughs> than for that to be the case. But uh, uh, the problem is it's not, 
It's not an underrated gem. Um, it's like this is this is where you cross the threshold into like okay this you have your shitty light beer that everyone thinks is shitty because it's like basically like water and really easy to drink but it's actually totally inoffensive but we've now crossed the threshold into like oh this is actually like shitty beer uh (laughs) in that like it's so like such little regard is given to flavor um that it has now become like actively a little bit repulsive um There's just like a the the body of it is reasonable. Um, it's you know it's similar enough in body to the others, um, but the taste is just all wrong. Um, it it doesn't just slip by like it's not subtle. It doesn't just slip by like the Miller Light does. Um, it doesn't have that like slight sweetness, uh, which is the kind of trademark of Bud Light, um, which you know makes you want to continue drinking it a little bit. Um, it has the astringency of Michelob. Michelob's is like sharper. It's worse, but it's it's uh, it doesn't last as long, right? It just comes at the very yeah. end, and it's like a flash of like, oh god. Um, this one is just like, you take a sip, it just coats your tongue and the flavor is like a more, like, uh, a less severe, like version of that same astringency. Um, so that's where really where this goes wrong. Uh, yeah, it's, I've had probably about four or five sips of this thing at this point. Um, I think I... I think I've given it a fair shake. Um, unfortunately, I have to conclude that this is the worst of the five. Um, so we are uh, the final standings. Um, our Miller Lite is number one. Uh, Coors is number two. Bud Light is number three. Make Ultra is four. Um, with an asterisk because it's been sitting in my fridge for like seven months. Um, and then Milwaukee's best is, uh, a five. Um, and, uh, yeah. So Milwaukee's best definitely not recommended. Um, I'm sorry, but, uh, you can't, you can't be redeemed. You hate to see that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's the final word. Um, that's the ghost divers official ranking. Of standard commercial shitty light beers. Um, I don't feel quite as bad as I thought I would after drinking five different, uh, these five beers. Um, I still feel okay. Uh, but yeah, so anyway, there it is for posterity. Um, if you have any other beers that you need reviewed, then, um, write in as long as they're not good. Um, we will have uh, continue to have question buckets. So, um, <laughs> yeah. So there we go. 
Ina says, you know what show rips IMO? Neon Genesis Evangelion. I'm watching it with my girlfriend, Sarah, who has, until now, watched two anime, Full Metal Alchemist, Brotherhood, and Death Note. Um, and then here's a quote just, from Sarah. I what? wouldn't show anime. I, I wouldn't show Ava to somebody <laughs> as like a third anime. Yeah, it's a lot. Here's the quote from Sarah. Yeah. Um, I finally stopped thinking about it a little bit ago. It was painful and it hurts. I like it a lot. I really like it, but it's really painful. Normally my back hurts, uh, but it made my front hurt, pointing at her heart. Uh, so that's the complete neophyte's thoughts on the first three episodes of Ava, two days after the fact, which is all she could handle before we had to stop. Um, yeah, it's probably a wise yeah. choice to stop. Um, and then point. says, can't wait for her to see End of Ava and hate it like I do. Can you imagine liking that movie? Um, no <laughs> no clue what that would be like. Yeah, it's, you know, um, it's a lonely, it's a lonely world over here. Um, <laughs> it's maybe a that's why I like End of Ava. You walk alone. Yeah. Um, the only yeah. road you've ever known. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Wake me up when September ends. Um, so, I love Dookie. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. It's it's a lonely it's a lonely world. Um, <laughs> maybe uh, maybe that's why I like End of Eva. Um, who knows? Um, sorry. Uh, do you want to read the rest of this? Um, nope. Next week will be... No, not next week. In two <laughs> weeks, there will be the intro to Revolutionary Girl Utena, so look forward to that. Uh, if you want to write into future question buckets, you can write into ghostdiverspod at gmail.com. So you could write in about Utena, or you can also write in about other anime that we've talked about if you have questions after the fact. Like, if you finally catch up with Ray Earth. Um, I know it probably took people a while to get through this, so... Yeah, just wait till you do Utena. Yeah. Um, you can go to exportaud.io to support the export audio network. Please go give money to the network. Do it. It's worth it. What other podcast network is this good and gives you this many podcasts? Um, and there's like no weird consent shit that's just happening at like all levels, like say maximum fun network. Uh, that's just like really weird and creepy. And, uh, I know that they've have protected abusers. Anyway, um, you can also listen to my other podcast, Ornate Stairwells, by going to exportaudio slash Ornate Stairwells. Um, you can follow the podcast at Ghost Divers Pod on Twitter. Uh, you can follow me at Fox Mom Nia. Where can people follow you, Connor? Uh, you can follow me at Rabelais or A B B L E A I S. Uh, where can people follow you, Autumn? You can find me on Twitter at Autumnal underscore coffee. Anything that you want to promo? Do you know how many Green Day albums there are? Too many. Would you like to take a guess There's at like, how many? Is is it like 13 or 14? It is 13. That is a wow. lot. It's 13. Yeah. They got yeah. their whole they've just rock been, band game to themselves. Yeah, they've just been going. Yeah, They never stop. We just stop paying attention. They put out an album in 2020 called Father of All Motherfuckers. Has anyone listened to this? No. Absolutely no. not. Um, seems like they need to listen to their good written song. Um, that's, anyway. that's the title that you give to an album where you're just like, God, please somebody listen to us again. <laughs> um, I forgot to mention this, but if people 
do go to the network. They get a bunch of podcasts a week early. Mm. Not this podcast, but they do get ornate stairwells a week early. Um, mm. And it's worth mm. it because it's the best podcast. Also, Hot Singles is the best podcast and also Ghost Divers is the best podcast. Um, mm-hmm. The Holy Trinity. Yeah. Um, you can follow me also at Garfield Aloud where I read Garfield Aloud to a camera. Um, and if you want to share the show with someone, you can say, hey, go to exportaw.io slash ghost to divers. That's it. I'm done. I'm, I'm tired. Me Bye. Too. Bye. 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 is real. Let's not the sign off for this one. I just said it. No. They build wooden houses on frozen ponds in the summertime when the water's Diagonal lines in their rolled out lawns And the sage always smells so pretty But nobody cares where the birds have gone When the rain comes down on Babylon The stonemason's phone rings all day long And you gotta get back to the city I build my house up
Time that is clap. Yeah. Right. Time that is clap. Apparently they've got all of Dookie and all of American Idiot in um, Green Day Rock Band. Oh, you're really going down the rabbit hole, huh? <laughs> and most of 21st Century Breakdown, it seems. Wow. <laughs> um my tom time dot is is doing the thing where it just will hang on a number for like eight seconds so um let me let you you know when it is steady again okay i don't know why time dot is does this all that you're supposed to do as a website is give me the time why do you fuck it up okay i think it's monopoly i think it's good now well no no fucked up well, we'll give it a second. Any any more Green Day tidbits? Lem, every time you do that. I love you, but it's annoying. In 2013, they put out um, three albums called Uno Dos Trace. Because uh, it's always so good when bands do that. Okay, I think it's normal now. Okay, you want to say the time? No, you do it. Okay. This is well, your one job. Don't, I don't know what the situation's like on your end, so... Um, Alright, uh, 17. Okay. Um, I'm gonna stop recording. Sounds good. Okay. I'm also recording. We'll still do a time that is clap at some point, but um Yeah, I, I just started, so I think I'm like a split second ahead of you. Not that it matters. Yeah. Um let me also get Craig in here. Just in, in case Autumn does join. Um Now recording. Hey Craig, Excellent. fuck you. <laughs> yeah. He's he's used to it. Um yeah, because I don't know if they will start recording first or not. Um, okay. Before have before you gotten they any, join. Um, have you gotten any update? So, um, earlier they said, let me let me like pull this up. Um, so. I said, what's the status with work? And they said, not too bad. I'm going I'm going to do the cleaning stuff, but like probably only 30 minutes if they're lucky. I'm leaving at 830 on the dot, no matter what. Um, although I haven't gotten a, a message and it's after 830 now. But OK, um, <laughs> um, well, I mean, they could just come in like midstream if they want to. It really doesn't. Yeah, I, I told them the vibe is uh, don't even message being like, let me know when to join. Just literally join as soon as you're ready. Um, <laughs> I, I don't care if it interrupts the middle of a bit or something. Um, yeah. it's, that's just the vibe of this episode, I think. <laughs> yeah, that, that's perfect. Um, let's see. We, I'm assuming we've got everything else good to go. Um, um, I think so. I am we do need to do a time audio. about clap. Okay. Let's do that now and then i'll probably need one too when autumn joins um if they join and then at the end too but 
I've got time. That is up. All right. Let's see. Um, let's do like fifty-six. Okay. That was probably like a, a little early on that. That's okay. That's fine. Um, do you have any other fun bits to do now before we actually start? Um, not particularly. I'm still trying to do this research here, but it's not going very well. Um, it's, it's very hard to, it, it's like surprisingly hard to find what I'm looking for, which I'm, I, I don't know. It's kind of, oh, here we go. I got it. I got it. <laughs> okay. Should nice. I, how worried, how worried should I be? Um, n- not at all. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea what you're imagining right now, um, but uh, it, it it's okay. It's nothing bad. Okay. Um. It's definitely nothing sketchy that's going to embarrass you. Well, now I'm worried. <laughs> <laughs> no, I said it's not. It's not anything... You can't just say that. It's not anything sketchy that's going to embarrass you. But when you say that, I'm then going to assume that it is. No, no, it's but it's not. I'm trying to like assuage you that it's not. So you don't assume the worst. You know what I mean? Or you're trying to make me so that I won't assume the worst so that I will be more impacted by it when it happens. Uh, maybe, but I didn't really think about it because <laughs> I'm just... I'm just your friend, and I didn't think about it that way because I'm just trying to, you know, be nice and put you at ease because I'm your friend. <laughs> I wouldn't do anything like weird and diabolical like that. Yeah, but now, like now, I'm now that the fact that you like thought about that makes me question you actually. <laughs> that I you're mean... like inclined to like, like think that. You know, to like, I mean, scheme I, like that. I wrote all of the synopses for you for Ray Earth. Yeah, I know. So I'm surprised that this is the the moment where my um my character is being called in the question for you. <laughs> you no, know, it's just you know another piece of evidence. Yeah, could have maybe like you know. I could have excused uh, the the synopsis that stuff, but yeah, it's you know, it's just you want to know one of my one of my favorite URLs is what's that? xwareodd.io slash asme. <laughs> oh yeah, is that is that still linked to my Tumblr? Um, no, not to your Tumblr, to your DeviantArt. I have been getting a lot of hits on my on my page recently. Yeah. Oh yeah, now I have um oh shit. Look <laughs> look at how many views I have right now. 
What on your your Asmi? No, actually don't. Actually don't. Don't don't. Oh, it's a six sixty five for you. Yeah, is it six sixty six for you? Yeah, it is. Oh, so you are six sixty six. I gotta take it down now. <laughs> I got you. Gotta like, you have it, to do a screenshot. It's peaked. <laughs> you have to screenshot this, Connor. <laughs> um, so the internet works. Yeah, when you see right. the sex number six six six. You have to screenshot it and then say nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Okay. You know the the pantheon of funny numbers. There's four twenty, which is the devil's number. Um, and then there's sixty nine, which is the weed number. Right. And then there's sixty is six six six, which is um, the sex number. We already the, went over this. The, oh, I thought that was the day that the twin towers were destroyed. <laughs> um. Should should we start a podcast? Nine <laughs> eleven is the sex number. I don't know where your source is. Um. All right. Yeah. Let's do it. Um, actually, did I ever tell you about my theory about how they should change, like, 420 into 911? No. Okay, so... You haven't told me this. Okay, this is probably gonna get our podcast canceled, but it's really, like, totally respectful. So, there's several reasons why, like, I proposed this. So... Just like the tradition of 420 should be like replaced in all respects, like the numbers should swap- be swapped out for 911. So like the day itself, instead of being like April 20th, it's like September 11th, and then also like the time, you know, instead of being like oh it's 420 like PM or AM, it's like 911 AM or PM, and so yeah. this is why. So first of all, like. There's already, like, exposure of 9-11. Like, everybody already knows that number. Yeah. And everyone's always saying, like, remember 9-11, you know? Um, and what better way, like, to remember 9-11 than to, like, commemorate it with, like, a joyous, like, ritual of, like, you know, smoking a bunch of weed. Yeah. And then, like, you will contemplate, I- like, the meaning of the day. And then, in addition to that, like, 4.20 a.m. and p.m. is, like, even if you're, like, really, even if you smoke a lot of weed, like, I think we can all agree it's a decidedly inconvenient time to have, like, their ultimate, like, weed smoking time be at. Like, think about it. Like, 9.11 a.m. is perfect for, like, wake and bake purposes. And then 9.11 p.m. is, like, yeah, it's, like, nighttime. That's, like, a perfect time to be smoking weed. Whereas, like, 4.20 a.m., like, realistically, like, you're not up at 4.20 a.m. And if you are, like, it's not, it's not good, probably. And then, like, secondarily, 4.20 p.m. is, like, it's just, like, a shitty, like, middle of the day. And you're possibly at work. Like, I mean, I, just I think the idea is that like pe- people get off, like kids get off school and their parents are still at work and that's why they smoke at 420. Oh, well, that makes sense. 
Like, like I, the direction I thought you were going with this, because like for me, the whole thing about 420 is that like it originated. Everybody knows it now, but it originated as like this way to refer to getting high that was like uh, code that only other young people knew. Um, and then those young people got old is what happened because mm. this is like going back a ways. So I thought you were proposing this should be the new thing that teens do because then they'll say, hey, like, don't forget 9-11. Yeah, you know? and all their old we need to remember will be like, oh, they're being so like patriotic yeah. and respectful. Yeah, but in fact, they're saying, hey, remember, at 9-11, we're going to get high. We're going we're gonna to go smoke some pot in the woods. Okay. Um, so that's my that's the third yeah major argument pack of new that we can, yeah the <laughs> classic stoner game yeah so let's throw that in there then like that's our third major reason for our like proposal that i think with the those three reasons i think there's pretty much like i think it's pretty open and shut case yeah um hopefully you agree i i have one additional thing for you Okay. Um, I'm gonna send you this link. Um, I'm gonna send it in the the off topic. So people may not know this. We we record um ghost divers in the same Discord that we use for our role playing, um games, which involve a lot of other people. But then sometimes we'll just send stuff to the off topic chat while we're recording. Um, that I'm I. People don't respond to it usually, but I'm sure it raises questions. Anyway, this is one of them. I'm sure will. I'm gonna send you a YouTube link. We're gonna do. Uh, we're gonna hot singles this and do a three, two, one, um, countdown, and we're just gonna watch this live, and then we'll actually record the episode. Okay. Okay, go for it. Uh, you got it up. Yeah. Well, here. Let me let me pause it. Okay. Yeah. Like get it to like <laughs> zero because we're gonna watch it together. Okay. Let's do it. Okay. You ready? Yeah. Uh, and it'll be three, two, one, go. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Three, two, one, go. This is an AMV, so this is also kind of fitting because, um, you know, we, I, I promoted the rare stuff with AMVs, so, mm -hmm. um, a Goku Five AMV. Yeah. Okay. Have have you seen this? This is like a, a classic no. of the internet, but I know that you don't go there. I have not seen this, and nor have I seen any other work from the creator known as Goku Fievel. There have been attacks in two American cities, New York and in Washington. The trade centers here in New York have been hit by airplanes. In Washington, there has there is a large fire at the Pentagon. The, obviously, we are in the middle of an extraordinary catastrophe. <laughs> Poor Luna, so confused. Yeah. Coffee. <laughs> oh fuck! Yeah, Goku. <laughs> I know he almost, he tried to save it. He tried to save them, but he couldn't get there in time. Yeah. He was too busy training <laughs> in the hyperbaric time chamber. I just I just laughed because I realized that I'm gonna have to pull the audio from this to like put under. <laughs> um. 
Yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. Wow, Yamcha was there, too. I forgot about that. Yeah. Vegeta with this, with this pink fucking button-down. Yeah. Iconic. Never forget that. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, this is when Sailor Moon made that speech. Yeah, that on TV. One of the girls looked up into the sky and she said that reaffirmed the faith of the nation. Look, they're doing. Um, I just want to <laughs> let you know. Um, so two minutes ago, Autumn texted just wrapped up. So I'm gonna grab some food and I'll be there. Okay. Um, and then I said, "Kay, we're currently watching Undimmed by Anime Tears." Yeah, tell them we're remembering 9/11. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh wow. Good lord. There are no words. Um, yeah, heavy, um... I, I think... So, I did get read from Autumn. Uh, have not gotten a response. I did say, um, we're remembering 9-11, which Connor thinks should be the new 420. So, if you want to get stoned tonight, you'd be respecting the troops. Yes. Absolutely. Remember the lives lost. Yeah. Um, heavy, heavy, uh... Uh... Reference here to... Um, then Secretary of Defense Sailor Moon, um, <laughs> who who really led our nation out of tragedy, um, yeah, into triumph in Iraq. Um, it's a, I forgot how much of this AMV is just Sailor Moon. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh shit! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Remember, remember our president? I, mean, I, I do remember, yeah. Um, president Trunks. Um, yeah. Remember when Trunks son, was Son of former elected. President Vegeta. Well, there are some people who think that he stole the election. Um, the whole... Are you familiar with the Hanging Chad debacle? I know, I know you're not as old as me. Um, yeah, no, I saw that. I saw that series arc. Yeah. 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 Um, when when he almost lost to the second form of Frieza, but yeah, uh, and there were there were those three episodes where he was just hanging from a cliff. Yeah. Um, yeah. Slowly, he was powering up there the oh, whole time. Oh, oh, Ray. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I forgot that Ray was there too. Sad- sadly, um, everyone from from Evangelion died in the attacks. Yeah. Um. But you know, jet fuel can't melt Ava armor, so I think it was an inside job. The the Ava coming out of the armor. Yeah, it was. It was. It was the dummy plug. Everyone knows yeah. this. Um. Yeah. Got it. It's so crazy that the Supreme Court 
like <laughs> ruled that it's it's legal to win the election by becoming a super saiyan. My first girlfriend Amy that was the gave me the Sailor the Moon song right after 9-11, dedicated to all of those who died, and you are remembered by all of us, including the anime fans. Um, man, we should watch Rama one half for this podcast at some point. Yeah, it's almost <laughs> like you've never mentioned that before. Actual serious thought. Yeah. Yeah, you've never mentioned that seriously before. Yeah. Um, but now that I well, remember that Rama was there and in, in, in New York City um, and and cried real tears. Um, I've been moved. I think I think we need to watch it at some point. Wow. Although, yeah, this, this is, this is legitimate. Up. I realized that I just completely I didn't forget. It's just the time scale is just massive for the show in a way that I don't always think of. We should do Bacchano soon, i.e. in like a year. <laughs> 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 yeah, soon. Um, yeah, that's what soon yeah. means now. And then, and then, see if like JC wants to join for it. Hey, should um, we? Should we watch? Uh, up next is this Jordan Peterson video. Should we watch that too? Um, no, because it's not up next for me. That's not how it works. <laughs> oh, fuck. Um, I I don't know. Appar- what apparently, I did. my harasser has gotten really into Jordan Peterson, which makes sense. Ugh. Um, I don't know what I did to like make youtube i actually you know what like if youtube if youtube's algorithm is that far off on me and that means i have like successfully like <laughs> i have successfully confused the algorithm and i'll I'll count that as a win yeah i'll take that so we start YouTube this actual like, podcast now that we're over you, 20 minutes in <laughs> youtube is just like what the fuck is this is this guy like I don't know? Just throw Jordan Peterson at him and see if he bites. Then we'll he like just, we're trying to do these litmus tests. If he goes yeah, for he, Jordan Peterson, then we'll know what category to put him in. Yeah, he just watched Undone by Anime Tears, a 9/11 memorial tribute. So he could be like 4chan ruined. Who knows? Yeah. Um, 